0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Welcome back to another Owner Stories. If you haven't been here before, my name is Michael Barth. This is episode 183, but it's uh, Owner Stories number 76. Um, if you haven't been to the podcast before, there's a lot to listen to. Um, you could start here, or you could go all the way back to number one, where I was talking solo, And then my mate Steve uh, joined the podcast, Steve and I chatting all things Porsche. Uh, Steve's my mate in Sydney that has a 997.1 GT3. Um, At the moment, we've just got Owner Stories episodes though, uh, due to work, pressures and life, I guess. We call it life. I know that's no excuse, but that is the excuse I'm going to use today. Um, So this is Owner Stories. Owner Stories is every Tuesday. Um, Because we don't have the other episode, I'm just going to mention this today because this episode I'm actually recording pretty much for the week. It's Friday here in London. It's Friday the 27th of May. Um, I'm going to be joined very shortly by Andy. Andy's a fellow Australian, but he's been living in Ireland for over 20 years. Andy, as you would have noticed in the title, has got a very, very special 911, very special GT3, um, amongst, you know, another car as well. Um, well, I think he still has the other car. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, so I'm really looking forward to talking to Andy because uh, I think it's going to be... a uh, an interesting one, and I know there's a lot of guys out there, um, a lot of people who have been on a couple of people have been on owner stories before, who'll be really interested in this one. Anyway, I'm, I'm going on a little bit here, but I just want to say if you if you haven't been to the podcast before, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, it's Porsche Cooled uh, Patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled, or you just go to Patreon.com, uh, search Porsche Cooled, it will come up straight away. Um, that's where you can support the podcast, you can help us or help me at the moment keep talking. Um, I will throw in another occasional episode um, with with Steve and I. Um, At the moment, it's a little bit difficult just due to our schedules, but we will try and throw in an episode here or there. And that's about it. Let me uh, get Zoom fired up. Let me get Andy from Ireland, and let's start talking about his Porsche-cooled owner's story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner's Stories number 76. As I said before, I am now joined by uh, Andy Andy's coming in from Ireland. Good morning, Andy. I really like I really like doing <laughs> these ones because we're on the same time zone. Good morning, Andy. How are you?
1: Yeah, hi Michael. Yeah, good to see you after so many messages. Finally got together.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think we've been toing and froing for how long? <laughs> Since April? <laughs> well, not yeah. not about toing and froing. We've been chatting, but trying to organise a chat. I think it's been a few months, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, and, and things got a bit heated in terms of my. Porsche life, so I had to had to divert to uh, try and buy another one uh, for a few weeks. So yeah, so now it's good to see you, I'm good to be the same time zone. So I'm in Northern Ireland, just so everyone knows.
0: Is that the best part of Ireland, Northern Ireland? Um,
1: we're an hour south of Belfast. So the best way to explain it is, if you on the east coast, you've got Belfast in the north and Dublin in the south. We're, we're halfway between, almost on the border. Um, it's just that we're in the UK system, I guess, tax system and car system and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, to, to tax a Porsche in the Republic is a lot more expensive than to tax one up here, like about four times the cost. So, oh, really? yeah, and the car costs are a lot more. So, literally, you can drive across the border 15 minutes here and you're paying 50%, 30%, 40% more for a Porsche and then a lot more to actually put it on the road. So, yeah, we have fairly empty roads as well compared to England, so it has advantages, yes.
0: It's, it's you have great roads, you have great roads. The listeners can probably, I think I might have mentioned in the brief intro that I did, but the listeners can probably see Andy's got a bit of an accent,
1: Andy's Yeah, a fellow
0: Australian, but you've been yeah. living here for a long time, right? You're living in the UK for a long time.
1: Yeah, I left Australia in 98, um, at 28 years old, so uh, my mum's my English, so I had the passport, and she's from Essex, so I didn't have any problems with passports, so I just sort of left at 28, I was a bit... Um, I don't know, I just wanted to come for a year in England, UK. and uh, <laughs> One year, uh, and, and, and met,
0: 20 odd years later.
1: And I met a girl.
0: <laughs> That's what all it takes, isn't it? That's and all an it Irish takes. Girl.
1: So, uh, yeah, but I, you know, I actually loved England. Um, um, yeah, lots of it I really liked. I didn't know if I'd like it or not, but I just sort of got the whole vibe. And, and London in the '98, coming after the millennium, was a really, really exciting place. Yeah, really exciting yeah, place.
0: Yeah.
1: It still is. Um, no, but it is. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, a super city. I call it. Um, but I remember the first week I was there, I'd moved in, and um, we're down at the pub on the Sunday afternoon, and um, in the beer garden, and, a, and, a, and the Concorde flew over, oh, about right. to land, and I didn't even I didn't know the thing was still flying. And I'm sort of looking up this Concorde coming into Heathrow, thinking, oh, okay, this is a this is the centre of something. So yeah, so I sort of got the vibe, and um, a lot of good cars were floating around in the late 90s in the city. Of London, yeah.
0: That's the thing about London, right? I mean, I you know coming to London in the in the nineties. I mean, just even being around wherever, being around Knightsbridge or anywhere really, you'd always see fantastic cars, wouldn't you? You just and you still do. I mean, every time yeah. I go out anywhere, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be Mayfair. <laughs> anywhere like in Canary Wharf here, where I am, the other day, I keep seeing this. I, I've seen this guy before, and he's got. And I'm a bit of a fan of of the Ferrari GT4 Dino because it's a bit of that underdog, you know. That sort of, that shape of it. And there's a guy that has a red one around here. And it's like, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful shape, that car. I mean, underrated. And then there's so many Porsches and you just see so many cars. But was that the, you know, that was a good, you know, when I, because of me, I don't live here, right? I just, I come here and I spend time here and whatever, as I just said to you. And and that's always a problem, right? When you live here, you, you've got all those cars at your disposal. It's so easy to get them and to drive them and to use them. And where you are in Ireland, I mean, you've got, so, and we'll talk about that later, but you've got so many great roads, haven't you? You've got so many open spaces to take your car out.
1: Yeah, the roads, um, some of the road surfaces aren't right, but the roads in general are pretty empty. <clears throat> and i will just, well, you might want to edit it out, but the policing here is a bit, a bit, uh, a bit slack. Is it? <laughs> well, it's just a bit like probably Australia. 80s, All 70s, right, so no yeah. speed cameras. No speed. Uh, there's, there's, there's the odd speed camera in Belfast. We don't have the average. There's no averaging cameras, which oh, the light okay. of definitely England when I was over there the other, right. the other week. Um, we don't have an, any averaging cameras. Like one tunnel down south has one, but they're, gonna, right. they're coming. Um, it's just that sort of a thing. Um, I mean, again, well, there's stories I could tell you, but I probably won't tell you. But, but yeah, about what happens. And it, it's it's not like it's it's – we 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 pick our moments. Let's put it this way, but um, but yeah, it's it's a good culture. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it's funny for us, Andy. Sorry for interrupting. It's funny for us though because speed cameras in Australia—they're just like they're yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah. And even in the UK, in London, they're they're, they're they're speed cameras, right? They're everywhere. And then you listen to other podcasts, like in the US. I was listening to something the other day. They don't have speed cameras in the US. They don't have speed oh. cameras in California. You know what I mean? It's like what a oh. what a great situation.
1: You know? We did a five-day trip to Scotland a month ago, and I just couldn't believe the cameras. Any sort of town in Scotland had these cameras, and all over the place. And um, I just wasn't used to it. I really had to watch myself. Not that I run around speeding, but you know what I'm saying. There's certain times when the roads are, when you've got good visibility, you want to, you know, you want to let it go a bit. And um, yeah, it's just the way it is. So, so I'm sort of trying to make the most of that um, in terms of actually being able to um, enjoy a good road
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, let's get let's get into the cars because we've got a few to talk about um mm-hmm. let let's let's start let's start where it and I apologize because my camera's gone off but it it's still recording so don't worry it'll come back on. We always like to start the podcast owner stories especially where it all began and you've sort of given me a little bit of an insight of where it happened what what you're into but let's let's start about let's just with Porsche was that something that you that you grew up with was that something that you know, people talk about the poster on the wall. I never had the posters on the wall. Um, but you talk about the posters on the wall. You talk about, you know, people in your area when you're living in Sydney. Um, did they have Porsches? Did you have friends that had them? When did you start first noticing
1: yeah. Porsche as a brand? Yeah, for me, it was I – I grew up in Tasmania till I was 13.
0: Okay.
1: So, yeah, so in 1970 to 83 it was, so 13 years. So my, and there just weren't many there, Tasmania for other. Uh, you know, it's not the most affluent place. It's nice now, but it wasn't back then. Um, I was trying to think the, the first one. The, the first one I saw, and I, the only reason I know the year is because the same year Star Wars came out. It was that summer '77, and we have um, regattas. Is that a term that like a show? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: With rides and everything. And there was there was a car thing there, and there was definitely there was an orange Porsche at that, and I was only seven, but I remember. I remember walking, I remember we had it, had it running and I remember walking around trying to figure out the engine. Even as a kid, I knew something was weird. Yeah, something was weird. <laughs> and it was very and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And my, I sort of just said by myself with a friend, so it wasn't any adults to sort of explain when, you know, and we're just kids to him. So, but it was it was definitely orange. And to me, it seemed quite wide. I don't know. I don't know if it was modified. Well, I don't know. There's yeah. no photos, but but that was one. And then after that, I was really into probably muscle cars, the Corvettes and all that, because that was my poster. would have been a Corvette and a Lamborghini, and it wasn't a port because I just didn't have any exposure to them. Um, right. Yeah, we used to go, there was a speedway outside Devonport where I grew up, um, and that was like a dirt oval track. And a friend, my best friend's dad was into cars, and he used to take us there on a Saturday night and there are things called sprint cars, which are like tubular frame car with a big wing on the top.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: A sprint car, and they just go around this oval track, hanging the back end out. And they were probably supercharged V8s, and they used to run on avgas or something funny fuel. And I just remember the smell and the sound. And every Saturday night for seemed like ages, we were going out to that. And occasionally they'd have a crash. One flipped. You know. Yeah, yeah. Place that this guy might be. You know, he, he, he survived, but. That was probably late 70s, so I definitely remember it around 79, 80. Um, so the Corvette, I've said this thing about Corvette Stingrays. Remember that as a kid. But,
0: but there was no Corvettes in Tasmania or Australia, right? No,
1: I don't know what it was. It was movies we were watching and things like that. It was just because they were sort the of the shape. bigger engine. Yeah, I didn't have none of our friends had Porsches. Um yeah, that just it just wasn't around us, but I definitely remember that orange, I remember the orange one, that's it. And then I remember it wasn't until I really went to Melbourne that I really remember. Yeah. And even in Melbourne, it wasn't even full of them either. Um, in my memory anyway, you'd see them and you'd, you just wouldn't be talking to owners. You're only a kid, you know, you just wouldn't see them. But my, my mum worked for a place in the late eighties and the boss had a nine to eight. It was burgundy with a, I remember the burgundy interior pretty sure yep. it must be burgundy exterior yeah i never got a go in it though um she had a few goes in it with him and she used to complain how low it was and yeah. how hard it was to get out of it i used to think oh god yeah you
0: know yeah, yeah. i remember uh, in i remember in sydney there was a guy that owned actually he owns a he's part of the chicken family in sydney and he had uh he had a clothing store and he also had a 928 and i remember i used to see that when i sort of when i first kind of moved to Sydney he still had it and I used to see it driving around. I thought, man, that is that is one cool car. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was, was a really, really e- nice looking even car. Even in the
1: eighties, that, that rear end it looks space age. Uh, it might have been in the early nineties actually.
0: But 90, yeah yeah. It,
1: yeah, it was a 10-, 12 year old car designed by them. But that rear end, I remember the rear end. Yeah. Not so much the front end, it was a rear end. Yeah. I, I remember the Burgundy I remember I remember going there twice. I was trying to see if he'd give me a go. <laughs> but I must have been eighteen or nineteen and um yeah, I didn't get much chance to go there, but I knew we had it. I remember the burgundy interior, that sort of folded, you know, that, that seat they do. It was um, the
0: seats in that car. Yeah, the 98 yeah, interior when you first saw it and you went, it was like nothing before, because it was so sunken, wasn't it? It was yeah, just like yeah. such a different look.
1: And yeah, but I never got to go at it. Um, no, my good. mum, she used to complain whenever we'd give her a lift. I, thought, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be doing that. So yeah, there was that. And then um, it just used to, who else? we just didn't know anyone with them. You know, yeah, yeah. so that's why in the 90s, I was I was into mechanical stuff. I was into planes as well. I remember anything mechanical. I remember in, in Devonport where I lived in the late 70s, they had the first jet coming into the airport. It was right. going to land. And I remember literally being on my – people lived near, friends of ours, and I was on the roof all literally all day waiting for this jet to come in. Right. Yeah. It came around the hill. It was a 727, and it was pulling manoeuvres that – he was flying very low, and it was worth the wait because he came in really low, coming around this hill. And I thought probably wasn't even legal then. But um, but all that just fascinated me. So that's why I ended up doing mechanical engineering when I in the late eighties with sort of thoughts to be a a Formula One designer or something. You know, we all thought Fantastic. that was in the degree, um, but it doesn't really work that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was all maths and physics. I thought you were going to say you wanted to be a pilot. Um,
1: no, it was definitely. Um, yeah, that sort of maybe when I was younger, that sort of left me. That became cars and mechanical stuff. And yeah, I mean jet engines and everything, but still fascinated me. But but I think half us in the course was all like, you yeah, are going to be car designers," and and some of the guys did go on to do that. And the reality is very different. So the, yeah, you end up designing a seat belt for five years or a seat or something. It's yeah, up, but, yeah.
0: But being into Porsche and also you know interested in mechanical engineering and then you know following that sort of path and then the car you have today, are kind of. Kind of all makes sense, though, doesn't it? You know what I mean, yeah, like being yeah. interested in all that workings of how everything, you know, those little nuances that that happen in 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 the car you have today. You know what I mean? Let's yeah, let's yeah. go back though. Let's the the car journey. Let's just talk about the. We don't talk about all of them, but let's talk about the important one and the one that probably you mentioned to me. What sort of cars were you into when you first got your license? So, this is in Tasmania or this is when you went to? Uh, so,
1: yeah, so I, was, I moved when I was 13 to Melbourne. Okay. So, at um, so it, 17 and nine months, I think that you could get your learners or something. Yeah, something like that. I was straight in to get my learners. Um, my first car was actually my mum's old car. Um, I, I inherited that, it, well, I bought it off her. Um, it was a Datsun 240K, 240K right? Yeah. Which is, it preceded the 240Z. All right, right. So you might have to Google that one, but it's... Um, I
0: know the 240Z, so 240K yeah, is the same shape?
1: No, it's not, it's the same end, it's not the same shape, no. It's 2 It's coming to its own now, apparently, but back then it wasn't that cool. Right. It's a, it a coupe, it's two-door, um, but it had the same 2.4-litre block. I might be wrong, guys, might correct me, but the 240Z ran twin carburetor, right, whereas this just ran a normal... Single basic carburetor, so it was. It was the same two point four liter f- oh, straight six. okay.
0: I just googled it. I know that car. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, bloody ugly back there. But uh, I was embarrassed with it. I'm being honest. So I was sort of driving to university in that um, in the late eighties. Um, so it was a seventy three. So it was a fifteen year old car. Then you know, it was just an old car. um yeah. But it was an automatic. <laughs> okay. But but <clears throat> I remember. Um, I'd had it a, a while, it was all right, it was only three-speed automatic, and it, you sort of push the accelerator to take off, you know, in third gear, it wouldn't do much, and I was, I was cleaning it one day, and had all the mats out in it, and because um, my mum had put aftermarket mats in, and I'd, I'd taken it for a spin without a mat for some reason, and I gunned it, and there was this little click-down switch on the throttle, Right. but the aftermarket mats were blocking The throttle going full travel, right? That last few millimeters. So it wasn't kicking down, but it kicked down that day. So it used to kick down the second and just howl. (laughs) So once I discovered that, it was like for young and old that old day, (laughs) I'm howling around the suburbs. um, And yeah, it used to go because it used to rev because it's quite a small capacity six cylinder, you know, same format as a BMW, really, you know, straight six. Uh, It was an
0: odd looking car. I mean, I remember it now. I do remember it. And and if the listeners, what the listeners should do if they don't know what a 240Z is, they should. Google that first and then Google the 240K and see the difference. But it always had that large amount of, of panel behind the, the gl- at the back yeah. there, didn't it? It always had that odd,
1: yeah, that you're odd, really bad, very really strange
0: bad. shape. But, but today, back end, I guess you look at it, it's a little bit quirky. I guess you could say it's quirky, but it, and it's the kind back of boat like
1: GTR. The back lights are look at, have a GTR look. If you look at the rear lights in one, um yeah. they're 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 early, yeah. So
0: oh they do too. I just saw them. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so there's a 240k, that uh, it was called a skyline or something. There's some there's some GTR connection with the 240k. There's a certain model that's worth a lot of money. Um skyline and that one 240K. if I hadn't have it was written off by the way, but if it had been a manual and not written off, um it was a really good, really good car, actually. I didn't ride it off, but I wasn't driving it by the way. Right. But um um that lasted a few years. But um yeah, they've come into their own. It had to been a manual. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool dash. The dash had the sort of 240Z-looking dash. Reset it's still things. a
0: two-door, though. It's a two-door, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a two-door. Yeah. It's not a station wagon. It's not that boring. Yeah. It's not a Falcon. Yeah, well, my it's dad not a Commodore.
1: Was, um, I sort of found it recently. My dad sort of was into his car, so my dad had bought it because he knew the history of those cars. It was really good condition. And I found it mm. recently before I was born. He had even had a nice, pretty hotted up or pretty nice Cortina. Um, okay. I think once I had a few kids, that, that left him, you know, the money end of it, <laughs> You have to sort of be sensible. So, yeah, the 240K, so, yeah, that was put into a tree um, <laughs> by, um, yeah.
0: Um, Speaking of Cortinas, though, I saw one advertised the other day, a, the 70s Cortina, and it was some ridiculous amount of yeah, money. It could have yeah. even been on collecting cars. It could have been even been in the UK. It was crazy money. Yeah, yeah. Like they've become very collectible, obviously, as well as everything else.
1: Well the 240k, I think a good one of those manuals, getting decent money now and they're hotting them up and all sorts, which yeah, I is bet. great. But that's just the way it is. But um yeah, um when I went sensible, so I become become an engineer, I graduated um and I, that was put into a tree just after I graduated. It was a part anyway, it was a long story, but yeah. And um I had to take the blame for it, let's put it that way. Um, oh, but really? um yeah. But um
0: something after a party, was it?
1: My mum only found it out actually at our wedding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> really? In the best man's speech. Oh, anyway, okay. Yeah, it was a long story. But um but then I had went sensible. So I was an engineer and I bought the Ford Fair uh, Ford Fairmont. Right. Yeah. Um, the squary one of yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I had that for a year. I just cause I had to travel for work and I was consulting engineer, so I thought it'd be sensible. And um I had that for about a year. Um, So it was one of the, you know, the big Block 6. It wasn't a performance car. It was fine. Um, And, uh, yeah, I realized, yeah, it was a good cruiser. Yeah, I used to do some miles up the country. Um, And then I just realized, well, you know, I'm getting paid here. I'm going to get back into cars. So then my next car was a a Mitsubishi, not not the Starion. It was a Cordia Turbo GSR. Right. Which is a front-wheel drive turbocharged 1.8-litre. Um, it was actually a car that was, came out after the Starion. It was an right. 85 car. So it was that new generation of cars, whereas the Starion was a bit, bit of an older generation, rear-wheel drive. So I had that. It was a 1.8-litre um, turbo. Probably some people will know them. The oh, pursuit, okay. In New South Wales, the cop, police had to buy them as pursuit cars. Right. Well, they definitely ran because they couldn't catch the Robbers. because uh, the robbers were, were nicking them. Um it was basically the precursor to the WRX yeah. 10 years before. Cordia yeah. Turbo, right? Yeah, GSR. So it was um front wheel drive, um 1.8 litre, had a big Garrett turbo on it. It was an oversized turbo, and they didn't tune it really from f- factory because it didn't run an intercooler. But that right. is oversized Garrett Turbo, it was big. So the mine. I bought it actually modified. It had an intercooler on it. Um, that was the main thing. So the boost was put up. And to, to boost those cars back then in the 80s, they were very basic um, ECU. They, didn't, well, they had an ECU, but a few inputs. Um, and the way the turbo was controlled was pneumatic. It was just taking a pressure feed off the exhaust right. and opening a diaphragm in the turbo wastegate. It was literally a pneumatic pipe, and all you did to modify it, you just cut a T cut the pipe in half, put a T-piece in it, ran a tube, T-piece tube to the cockpit with a right. valve and just bled air off this, this pressure line so the turbo didn't realise, oh, it allowed the turbo to ramp up to a high boost. So, oh, right. so you didn't map it, it was one of these things. So you'd go to a hardware shop and buy this stuff, brass fittings. <laughs> and you'd so have you this, did that to yours? Oh, yeah, definitely did that mine. And um, we're also nicking stuff. We're we're going to records and getting stuff off Saab's. I think, yeah, from memory, Saab, road cars, turbo tech was ahead of everyone else. Right. Um, And they had these bypass valves. Um, They were running those. And that was really when you're you're in in the early turbos, when you're going through first, particularly first and second, when you come off the throttle, it would stall the turbo. Right. Yeah, the turbo spool would stall. And you'd have to have this bypass line. So we were adding those from subs so We're running those. It's probably like a blow-off valve now. You, you Sometimes you hear a blow-off valve and somebody's hot it up. Yeah. How did
0: you know, though, Andy? How did you know that the sub parts would fit the stereo, Fit the um, cordia? Um,
1: well, it was just really trial and error, yeah, and talking to guys. There was no internet then. Yeah, so I was going to
0: say, you couldn't search it, right? It's not like there's yeah. a forum about it. You just there have to a, work it up. There
1: was this thing, it's Australian Turbo Club, ATC. Right. And I was I was running it. There was a guy that started it. There was a load of good guys in that. Seemed to be a lot of Mitsubishi's mainly in it, yeah. And they'd share ideas what they'd done. So, so the miner had had the intercooler on it, so someone had already modified it, and I th- I think there was an electronic boost controller on it that had been taken off. Something had happened anyway, and um, but the intercooler was there, so you run that higher boost without um, causing detonation. So, um, so basically, it just doubled the boost. Right. So this thing was, um, yeah, it was pretty 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 fast for its day. Yeah, and the problem was traction, front-wheel drive traction. So, but <laughs> once you're up from sport, once you had the turbo spooled, it would, um, it would keep up with uh, the big V8s,
0: yeah. So, did you get, in, did you get into, into any trouble with that car? No, I didn't. No? no?
1: I, I didn't have a one-speed It ticket. wasn't
0: crashed, that one? You just sold that one on?
1: Uh, no, uh, sorry, it was crashed. Sorry, yep, actually. yeah, it was my fault again. <laughs> no, <it> was, <laughs> a taxi in the city centre ran a red light. Um, it was actually a storm, and actually the, the light – had actually turned around so he thought he was seeing a green light this so taxi came in to one of the main junctions there and i just couldn't stop it it was the brakes weren't great on it so i, I went in the front of into the side of him so that ended up being a um i got it fixed and then i used that opportunity to do body kit on the front and everything and all sorts of things um it was, it was just panel damage at the front it was um i had that car for about three years um,
0: Are these the sort of cars you yeah. take? You wouldn't take these cars on a track or anything in, in Victoria or anything, would you? Uh,
1: I didn't. Um, I didn't know. I mean, you, you probably could have. They were really strong engines. Yeah. Right. I, I sort of proved that because I, um, I mean, it was one day I actually disconnected disconnect the wastegate completely. So, you had unlimited right. boost. Wow. Um, so, literally, the, the, the wastegate on the turbo wouldn't release any air. So, so, you had to actually control the boost just by the revs. I think by about 2,500 revs, it was almost on maximum boost or
0: 28. So okay, I, so we're starting to see a trend mm-hmm. here, the need to, t- to tinker and to get this yeah. power, this extra power. So what happens right. after the Cordia? What what comes next? Well,
1: I always wanted a Starring because because the Starring guys in the club, they're all the big daddies, really. Um, they're the more expensive car, they're a rear-wheel drive. They're a two-litre turbo. So they weren't that much bigger engine, but they just seemed to get better traction. Um, so I got a JA, which is the first. It, it would have been an 82 um yep. it was silver uh, most of them were silver, and had the they all had these full leather interior with these sort of space age looking seats um they the leather leather seats they had this weird seat belt arrangement where the seat belt was in the door right um yeah um and that was that was modified. <laughs>
0: Thing, um, let me just tell the listeners though, because if, if listeners don't know what I don't know whether a was available. Was it available worldwide or was it I think it was, was it,
1: yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was America. Americans had a, they had a two point six or two point five. England had seemed to have a two point five or two point six when I talked to a lot of guys here. Yeah. It was all over the place, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I, I remember it and I told you before we started recording. I remember yeah. it because I remember I worked with someone that had one. Yeah. And I remember at the time they were like it, it was a sports car. It was, it was still special. Even this car wasn't, you know, it wasn't brand new. It was like, like you said, I think I told you it was an 82 or whatever this guy what had. I mean 82, the, yeah. Yeah, gold one. And yeah. I remember seeing it and I thought, even at the time, you know, 10 years later or whatever it was, eight years later, it was still a pretty special looking car. You know what I mean? I was quite young, but it was like still like, wow, that's a... That's a special looking car at the time. Yeah. And they weren't and they weren't cheap. I remember they weren't cheap.
1: They oh, were very expensive. Yeah, yeah. They're actually based on a scorpion. If you ever oh, that's the, right. Yeah, if you ever open the front of a front end, if you open the bottom of a scorpion and a stereo next to each other, the whole front from the from the from the windscreen forward, it's basically a scorpion, you know. So that was the base. And that's quite an old design, really. So um, but they had this thing and if you if you modif- put nice wheels on them, um, the simmons wheels which were big in australia yes They're like a bbs probably thing yeah if you put them on that and stance them up they they looked amazing even in the 90s um there's an amazing navy blue one going around melbourne at the time really it tinted the rear lights It'd done all this stuff we used to, we used to spot it every soft so we never knew who it was. it was like this it was like this this, this unknown guy we would appear every soft so this <laughs> hotted up thing and just disappear one of the nicest ones i'd ever seen um but yeah so i'm but the, the JA didn't have a, oh, forget now, that didn't have a water-cooled, they weren't water-cooling the turbo. So I remember you had to, um, there's a set cool-down procedure you had to do. You had to idle them. Otherwise, right. if, you, if you shut them off hot, they just um, fry the oil uh, right. in the turbo bearing and you just end up wrecking your oil after a while. So you've got this big thing of idling for a minute or two. Um, we'd take ours out at night and you'd, um, you'd do a really hard pull, you know, in a few gears, quickly jump out of the car, idle it, and you'd lift the bonnet, and you'd have a glowing uh, oh, <laughs> really? of the turbo, a glowing red. Wow. <laughs> oh, they run hot, yeah. But there was something about the water cooling. Or maybe the, the JB had a water-cooled turbo. There was something about that anyway. I might be getting confused with the Cordia, but there was, yeah, there was something about that. So so both the Cordia and the Starian, were their first generation of each of those. Um, right. I had the Starian um, – what did I do? At one stage, I had the Starry, and then I remember I had to because I had to have work. I remember running a Nissan Bluebird with it as my right. daily, <laughs> and it was all getting a bit mad.
0: Another um, car which people are chasing after today, which is surprises me.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just the Bluebird, just the yeah, the yeah, yeah, the everyday thing. It was actually yeah. quite a comfortable car. So I had this really hot car for the weekends, and most of my driving was done in this. Blue Bluebird. For work. Okay. So, so you
0: got two cars. You got the Bluebird. You got the yeah. You, you got the Starion. So the Starion you had for some time then.
1: I think now I had that for a couple of years. So I left Australia in '98, and I don't think I had the Starion when I left. Oh, that's why I'm a bit vague on that. I must have. Oh no, no I don't know I did. Yeah, I bought it actually. It was a Mitsubishi Magna. So I went sensible again. Okay. The last year, yeah, that's yep. what it was. So that's yeah, that's, nothing that's what special. my dad
0: had, Mitsubishi Magna. Yeah, it was just I went sensible again
1: <laughs> because I was burning money. Um, yeah, so that's why I thought you know it was '98, and I thought well, I'm going to go to England
0: because I've got the passport. But in just, still, interesting cars, you know. Like looking back at it now, you, they're yeah. interesting. I mean, especially I mean, not the 240K, right? Yeah. From your mum, still an interesting car. Your dad had an idea; he bought that car it was automatic, but still still mm-hmm. fun, still a little bit different to what was out there. You know, having lived in Australia, it's still a different looking car. Mm. Then you go to the Cordia, then you go to the Starion. So you like these, you know, there's a turbo trend there though. You have the turbo. You like yeah, the idea of the turbo, yeah. which which I want to get into why you didn't think about buying a turbo when you even when you bought your latest car or even your first yeah. Porsche. So yeah. you're is is the Starion let's get into the Porsche though, but is the starion a car that you regret selling? Is that a car that you would think I would get one again today? Or is that time over for you?
1: Yeah, I would get one if they were cheap, but I know if I drove one now, I'd be disappointed. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I wouldn't, but um, that's the car I remember. I just have a real special memories of that car. We used to drive them, like, we used to drive them a lot. Yeah. And I don't even remember looking at mileage. Yeah. I don't know what's going on now. I don't, don't quite understand what's going on now, but I just don't remember seeing a car and going, well, what's your mileage?
0: The That's first true, question. actually. Yeah, yeah. I just don't you remember that. You just drive that. it. It's not like you're watching miles at all. Yeah, you Yeah, right. and
1: we would really, we'd go cruising down. So, you know, Melbourne is a, you've got to go a few hours to get to the coast. Yep. We'd do that quite often. I remember waking up in summer and we'd have a cruise organised and I'd be looking at the temperature and I'd hope it wouldn't be too hot because you'd lose boost. <laughs> <laughs> you could feel that. We tend to sit down. Really? On a, on a, yeah, wow. yeah oh, definitely. Yeah, with a boosted um, car like that. That's not good in,
0: in Victorian summers, that's for sure, because Melbourne yeah. can get really hot. Melbourne's actually even hotter than Sydney sometimes.
1: Yeah, we, I remember doing cruises, it was mainly Starians. And I remember one guy, he was only about 18, he just bought it that, that week. He came on the first cruise and um, he back ended someone. He rode it off. Right. It was in Torquay and um, he didn't have any insurance. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I was there crying at the side. I didn't know what to do. Like, okay. we'd sort of organised it. It wasn't one of our cars. It back-ended. <laughs> wow. But that uh, didn't make it any better. But he, um, yeah, and it was sort of – we these great. just had these great times, maybe 12, 15 cars, and we just barreled through the Great Ocean Road. You great know. drive. And the Starian was quite a – still attracted attention in the 90s. Um, but, yeah, the Starion, yeah, that was just a car that was – yeah. I'd have one now, but the same car would cost twenty five grand or yeah. something. I was looking at that. And
0: you're, you're so far yeah. – above all of that now too which we've got to come back to but that passion yeah. is there right you've got this passion for cars you've got the passion you know the power that the, the tweaking the modification so when you come to the uk living in london we don't always need a car so when yes. did the first porsche come when did your first porsche is oh. that when you moved to ireland or is that, when, no, when did that come
1: um, about? yeah that that coming to london for a fellow decade or so really because i came to london um and actually, I, was mad, I just wasn't prepared for the whole train system. So when I, when I landed in London, I, my relatives were Essex, and I had this idea, I'm going to live in Essex and work somewhere, consultancy around there. Um, so I was in Essex for a month or two. And even before I'd got to England, my boss in Australia was actually English from Essex. Right, and his right. brother-in-law was a car dealer. And I, I'd said to him, can you ask your brother-in-law to find me a go, uh, sorry, a sorry a, a 205 GTI? Right. I'd driven one. My brother's actually, per, was a, he's a Peugeot mechanic. He'd given me a going one they'd had at, um, in Melbourne there. Um, just before I'd left, I'd definitely driven one at 1.9. I thought, that's great, you know. It was good nick and everything. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll get one of them. And I've will dirt cheap in 98. Uh, they were yeah. a 10-year-old car then. Yeah. And I'm sure, anyway, he was, he was going to sort me one out and everything. And I met him when I got there and it was all happening. But I've realised within a week or two I don't need a car because I was going to move to London. So sort of a bit of a regret that I I could have got I'm sure it was two grand. Wow. I'm sure it was thousands, a couple of thousands. Yeah, it almost like, was, was a flipping car and it would have been good, Nick. Um so I never got to to own one of those. But I I, I realised London was where I wanted to be and you just don't need a car. A car's a liability there. So and I sort of got into that. I actually the, the lack of expense,
0: yeah. <laughs> car expense.
1: And all that, I was actually just totally turned. I thought, oh, okay, I, I don't want a car. And I even sort of stopped looking at cars. Mm. I was surrounded by amazing stuff in London, and I used to notice it, but I, I wasn't sort of chasing it. I don't know what happened. I just totally flipped the other way, you know. I'm yeah. going to, yeah, I don't know what it was. And there were other things that were taking my time. So, but I definitely see there were a lot of TVRs was a big thing back then. TVR, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. I remember noticing all that. There were definitely Porsches. I remember being on a National Express bus. It must have been the first month or two I was in England. And I was going up one of the motorways, and I was sort of dozing by the, by the window. And I was, it was three lanes. And there was on the outside lane, this thing went past me. It was a Porsche. Um, and literally shook the bus. It felt like it shook the bus, woke me up. And I didn't quite clock what it was, but it was, must have been a fully lit, air-cooled by the noise of it. Right. Hundred mile an hour, just insane. Whatever it was doing, it was just insane. It might have been an early GT3, I don't know, but it was it sounded like yeah, yeah. this noise I'd never heard before. And you'd see that every so often in England. You'd see these amazing cars, um, and I we used to get hire cars for work because I'd have to drive to jobs and take a little bit of gear with me. And we get hire cars. Um, and my second job in London was in, around Fleet Street. Yeah, and the hire. To, to to get the hire car they'd have to deliver it to me at the office um, and two guys would have to come they or well, two cars would come they'd have the car that I'm going to pick up the hire car then they have the other guy that was going to take him back to the place where the yep, depot yep. and it turns out our our, our closest depot was um, was um, the city of London in the city the, you know the, the posh bit um, and I sort of figured that out pretty quickly so I started talking to the guys. We I quite often get an upgrade. So, our company would just get the cheapest car, and I'd end up with a Golf or something GTI, or not, yeah, not even yeah. GTI, but I'd end up with something better. And I clicked that they were bringing me nice cars. And I said, Well, if I come down to you, I'll save you the trip. I'll get the two tube stops. I'll come down and pick the car up. And, you know, so they started sort of giving me, you know, I was helping them out, and they were helping me out. And because it was a nationwide hire company, their system would just book the cheapest car, but their depot just didn't really have the cheapest car. So, I remember getting. There wasn't any supercar. It was. It was. It was just nice. Um, there was Clio's. There was. Um, there was turbocharged Boxels. Um, there were definitely Golf GTIs. I was getting. Um, so did this
0: start make make you thinking that you need a car again. Was this? A, was this a turning um, point where you started thinking? If I didn't live in London, I could actually start enjoying,
1: you yeah, know, this passion again. Yeah. Yeah. I started getting. it. that was about three years in. Um, I was in London for about four years, to two thousand one. Um, we myself and my yeah.
0: But when did the when did the first Porsche come? How well, did that about? That was come until twenty
1: nineteen.
0: Yeah. Twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, there's a so big there's... yeah yeah. There's a big uh, weird time there where the, we I, we came back to Ireland. Uh, my yep. wife's from Ireland. Uh, we we moved back here in two thousand two. We got married, built a house in two thousand and three. Um, I had a three hundred six GTI six. Okay. Uh, it was 2003, 2004, and they were about seven or eight years old then. So they were and Peugeots here in the UK. Just the depreciation was incredible on them. Um, yeah, they just dropped through the floor after about five or six years. I don't know. I can't remember what I paid. It wasn't. It wasn't a lot. But I, um, I had a consulting job here, which meant I had to ride, drive around an island. and I'd, I'd, i always want the big long drives because you've got mileage. Um, you get per mile, you get a mileage. So we we're building the house and everything, and I was trying to. So i will put my, my hand up for the big, long drive. So I'd be just hooning <laughs> around this thing. And quite often, I'd have to come back at 2 o'clock in the morning, just the nature of the work, the night right. surveying things. So I'd, an island at 2 o'clock, is, it's empty. Um, yeah. It's it's empty. Um, and this is before the motorways were all finished. So I was coming back on these back roads, this GTI 6, which in hindsight was probably some of my best driving, you know, for the money. Um and that lasted about two years, but then basically babies and uh, marriage and everything. So basically, I just went the, um, out of states. Yeah, okay. Volvo. Yeah, I'm Okay, Volvo. so you had
0: the usual cars that a lot of people, we all go through. So 2019, <laughs> yeah. 2019 or 2018. Yeah, yeah. What is that thought that comes into your head?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real specific. because th- I Yeah, yeah then
0: you think, Andy, like, okay, this is, I'm going to look for something. I'm going to look for a turbo. I'm going to go back to that turbo age. What do you start thinking about before you, you know, to get this car? Yeah,
1: well, what it was, I, I started business in 2006, my own business, and I, I sold out of that to 20, 2019. Okay. Early 2019, I sold out of that. Right. Um, so I just wanted a bit. I'm, I, was 50, I was 50 at the time, yeah. I just wanted to step back a bit, you know, and, and, and Ireland's quite a cheap place to live. It's quite a good place to live. You don't need, you don't need loads of money. It's one of these places. Um, so, um, yeah, so I was working away and I just thought, I don't know, literally like most things, I just thought, I'm going to buy a sports car. <laughs> I don't know why. I had a, I'm still driving a Volvo estate. Right. Sorry, no, so I, by then I had a Merck estate, so it was actually quite okay. a nice one and nice, I had a bit of power to it. Still the estate. Yeah. I just thought, I'm going to buy a sports car. Um, So I had a bit of time to drive it. And and I hadn't even thought of Porsche because growing from Australia, rich people own Porsches. Yes. You know this, yeah. Yeah. But over – they were exotics and things to me. They were exotic cars. I put them like a Ferrari almost, you know, and probably that didn't cost that much difference in Australia to run and everything. And I just started researching on the internet um, Porsches and and – I just thought, hang on, these aren't that expensive. And I thought, what's the catch? I started researching the price of parts. Mm. You know, you can get stuff here, mm. Germany, you can get it direct from Germany and stuff. I thought, that's not too bad. And, yeah, so, you know, so I thought, well, I'll just dip my toe into the water and I was looking at, you know, Boxster or Cayman. Uh, yeah. I thought, we're well, going to buy one and see how I go. you know. Uh, is it going to empty my wallet or not? Um, so I was almost going to buy a Boxster, actually. Okay. But then I thought, well, I'll, um, I ended up, Constructing Caymans. Yep. So I sort of thought, I just seem to be a bit forgotten about um, for various reasons. I don't know. I think, I think, the, um, I think one of the reasons off the, uh, the Borskell, um thing.
0: Yeah. There was a lull yeah. there, wasn't there, with the there Cayman. There was, it, yeah. It, it, when it first came out, it was like Cayman S, first Cayman S manual was like fetching big dollars, I think, when it came out in Australia, like that was sort of selling over. Then they sort of died off and then all of a sudden now they've they've gone crazy again.
1: So yeah, yeah, I sort of honed in on cuz I thought it's a bit forgotten about Porsche because it's a fir- it's not their first mid-engine, they've done mid-engines before. Yep. Um but it was the 912 or whatever it is there yeah, that's the yeah, it's The one that's coming for yeah, yeah, but it was sort of their first modern mid-engine car and I thought yep. well this is going to mean something. So um so I concentrate on the gem ones because um I guess I was just trying to get the cheapest one I could, really. Um, and um, I mean, the money was there to buy other stuff, but I was just dipping my toe into the water. Um, and there's, there's not that many for sale in Northern Ireland, but there was one for sale. Um, but I was also looking at the 997 Gen 1 as well. Okay. It was about 10 grand difference on the, on the right. price. Um, so I'd researched for a few weeks. Um, I, hadn't got to, I hadn't actually found out about ball score by that stage. Right. Right. But there were two I was watching on the classifieds here in Northern Ireland, and one was a, uh, a midnight blue Gen 1 Cayman. Right. And the other was a silver Gen 1 997. Um, and it was, it was a Friday, remember it was a Friday, and I said to my wife, um, well, I've been watching these two cars, and they hadn't been selling. And in 2019, what was happening in the UK, Brexit had really knocked some confidence, yep. yeah? Yes. And cars were falling. Cars were falling for the last few years. Yeah, they'd been falling. So um, this thing wasn't selling. It came in particularly, taken photos in a way that it made it look like it was black. The sun was in the wrong spot. It just
0: wasn't a nice. The classic, a classic yeah, bad bad ad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, I just thought, well, I'm going to have a look at this. And he was up in Belfast, in a nice part of Belfast. Right. Uh, and you know, you message away, and even before I got to message him, he dropped the price from fifteen to fourteen thousand, and yep. then. Uh, sorry, but, by the time I got to look at it, he was at thirteen thousand. I remember that. Wow. I think I was ready to text him at fourteen grand, and then literally that night he dropped to thirteen. I thought this guy needs to shift it, and um, you know he started texting. And, um, and I was also in contact about the silver nine nine seven. Um, anyway, so I thought, well, I'm gonna. This was the middle of the week. I thought well, I'm gonna get, get have a look at these cars. So I said to my wife on the Friday, because i was sort of self-employed, so I was flexible. I said I'm gonna. I said to my wife, I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna look at a couple of cars. Yep. I didn't even ask me what they were. <laughs> I didn't even ask me what they were. I just I'm gonna look at a couple of cars today. And uh, so I went up and I looked at the 997 first in the morning. Um and it just felt tired. It was one of those cars that I could tell it was it was probably a good car, but it just was tired. Yeah. I could see the money it needed. I was having a look underneath as best I could and everything. The paperwork wasn't great. And I was almost gonna ring the came in the owner and say, don't bother. I don't, it just put me off the whole thing. I don't know why. Oh, it yeah, it was 22, 23 grand that car. The 997. and Because okay. there was a bit of a wait. There was a few hours wait between the two appointments. And um, I was sort of having lunch thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm really into this. Yep. Anyway, so I went and met him at this car park, a nice part of Belfast. And um, he turns up in this midnight blue car and it was mint. Absolutely mint.
0: Oh, really?
1: He was a, Fantastic. He was a young solicitor, about 30. He'd bought an F-Type. Um he had it coming that week. You know, he needed this thing gone. His parents had had air cooled all their life. You know, it was a Porsche family. And this car was just immaculate. Um, and even just the way he got into the car, he was very care, you know. So I bought it.
0: <laughs> you bought it? Sightseeing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just said, Yeah, let's, let's go.
0: How did I you check to... it, though? How did you check it? You checked it in the car park?
1: Yeah, well, what it was, I there was an independent specialist here that he'd sourced the car for this guy, two, I think it was two years before, maybe 18 months okay. before. Okay. And it was a well-known specialist. And so, I mean, I just got a feel about the car and about the owner. And I, when I say I bought it, I paid a deposit. Right. Um, we shook on it. I went for a drive and he loved it. It's the first car I'd ever driven. Yeah, that's how, you
0: know. So did but, you, before you picked it up, Though, did you do any more checks or you were just happy with you trusted the, trusted the seller?
1: Well, I rang the specialist. I rang the specialist, um, because what I'd done, I knew about the IMS thing, but Caymans, all the Caymans have the stronger IMS. Yep. Yeah, it was the...
0: Because they're six.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't realise that. I thought there was a certain time. So I was focusing on the IMS thing. Um, didn't even know about war school. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, I just ran the specialist and just, just talked me through and he said, Andy, you know, I bet that car was a really nice, tight car to drive. And I said, well, it was. He said, yeah, well, that's the way we leave. It was a well-looked-after car. And because the guy that owned it, his dad had had a lot of cars through the same specialist. Right, right. So was that history and just send me checking out. So, anyway, so um, I didn't get a ppi no. No, I didn't. Um, but
0: the confidence is there, though, because of that, yeah, because of the, yeah. the history and because of the other dealer, the other the specialist. Yeah. So, you buy the car, you pick it up. Yeah, so drive, the first driver drive. back home. How oh, was the that first was drive? That
1: was great. I just, um, yeah, I had to back.
0: Yeah,
1: I remember going to the service station to fill it up, um, and so walking mid- out of the service engined,
0: sta- Mid-engined, is it? Is it manual?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, manual. Yeah. Mid-engine yeah, manual. Three point four. Yeah, the S. It was pretty basic spec in hindsight. Nothing special about the seats. Just had the didn't have many options. Um, midnight blue was did look nice. Um,
0: yeah, I love that color.
1: Yeah, when it's clean, it's an amazing colour. Um, yeah, it is a lovely colour. Um, used to be called dark blue metallic. That was, the, they changed the name to midnight blue okay. around then. But it was, um, I didn't know any of this to see when I bought it. I just so, thought I was going to go, so, I'm going to go a little bit. court. But I, okay. messaged wife, so, I, messaged, I messaged my wife, I messaged my wife when I was driving back from putting the deposit down. I said, oh, I've just bought a Porsche. I don't know what her response was. Um, she'll probably listen to this. I'm say, but I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. I okay. think I said, "Look, I've just I've just bought a Porsche." That's basically what I said. I'd left in the morning, and said, I'm going to look at a little, like, few cars, and then i bought one. But it took a week to pick it up, you know. That but it's a thing. weird
0: feeling, though, isn't it? And sorry, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Because, like you said, you know, it's it's a we always we kind of see it as a posh car, you know. Yeah. You know, like being in Australia or Tasmania, you know, we see it as a posh car, and then all of a sudden, and I've said this to other owners as well. As soon as you get your first one, you're in it. It's weird, isn't it? You know, whether mm. it be a 911 or a Cayman, it's it's weird that you're actually because it's kind of like. I've got a Porsche, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then and, and it just becomes so familiar, you know, you kind of forget. It just well, becomes I, so familiar. We're walking
1: out of the service, I paid for the petrol and I had to fill it up. And, and I remember walking out going, oh, that's my bloody car over there. You know, and it, was a, it was one of the cheaper Porsches you get, but people yeah. didn't know that. It's yeah. really weird the reaction you used to get. Um, but even on the test drive, that's the first flat six I'd ever driven. Right. I'd never driven a flat six engine apart from the test drive. And within two minutes, I was hooked.
0: So um, that's where it all started. Milk. Yeah. But that's yeah. where it all started. So did you have – are there any flashbacks when you're doing that drive back back home of, of the Cordia or um, the Starion? Like um, are you thinking like, wow, this is yeah. this is chalk and cheese or
1: uh, – oh, No, I couldn't remember <laughs> that well. I remember the Starion would be quite often hanging the back of it out <laughs> and you don't really do that with a, cor- a Cayman. Um, it actually started to rain halfway back home. It's was about a 50 – about a one-hour trip maybe and you know, halfway home was – a f- it was a Friday when I picked it up, following Friday, and it just started to rain, so it actually got a bit heavy towards the second half, and I'm going right. down these, I picked all these B roads to try it out, yep. and I was getting more and more confident, because the grip is just another level on these cars. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd had an MX-5, actually, with a friend. Okay. Actually, that's, actually, that's what it was, actually. You know, that's what, that was what it was. In 2019, a friend of mine was always buying and selling cars, and he said to me, Andy, this is before I bought the, the Porsche, he said, oh, do you want to come to this little rally we do called Rusty Nuts? Because right. so we have to buy a 500-pound car and they do a three-day rally around the – it's not dirt. It's just around the roads fundraiser. Yeah, so we bought this Mark 1 MX-5 okay. for 500 quid.
0: Wow, cheap.
1: The guy wanted a grand. It was worth more than that even then. We I don't know how we got it for 500. Yeah. Um, and it was actually a really nice car. It was modified. A yeah. um, bit tired, but it was modified. So, yeah, that, so that's what actually got – that was actually it. Yeah, that's what that got was me back it. in. Yes. I had so much fun in that car um, for three days. And we sold it for a grand. <laughs>
0: wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 2019, 2019 yeah, so. though, you've got the Porsche. Yeah. You know, you haven't had a, a, a sports car for, for some time, Yeah, right? for a long time, yeah. So it's only 2022. That car, how long did you keep the car for? Because you it's must have sold it reasonably quickly.
1: Ex- exactly a year. Yeah. A year. So my idea was I'm going to buy this thing. I mean, I was looking at GT3s then, you know. Okay. Um, I was looking at the other stuff, but in Northern Ireland, you can't just jump, well, you can jump on a plane and go on try, but you don't get GT3s, couldn't line up two or three to try in Northern Ireland. It just doesn't happen. Um, okay. The population is just not here. So I would have had to go to England to try out cars and things like that. <clears throat> so um, I don't know if I was quite a GT3 looking then, but I was definitely looking at better, more expensive cars. But I just thought, I'll buy this one and see how I go for a year or even six months. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but so, you what happened it. was. You like the Porsche thing. You yeah. like the Porsche thing. This got you into it, though, right? This is but what. Within got you a few
1: into it. months, I thought, well, I've got my head around this expense and, and how it all works. And insurance on the Cayman was it's the cheapest of our three cars to insure. We had an Audi, Mercedes, and the Cayman was the cheapest car.
0: Okay. So, you, yeah. with the Cayman, though, right? With the 06, you got the Cayman S, it's manual, sought after. You know, people, people want them. You know, they're, they're not, yeah. they're a great car. Was there not enough power there for you? I mean, are you a, are you a tr- you're not, are you not a full track guy though? Are you? You're not no, someone no. looking oh, for no, track car. You like to do no, the road no. the road driving, don't you? You like to do the tours, yeah. like you just did the tour to, to Scotland. Those yeah, sort yeah. of cars you're looking for. So is that how the next car comes along that you you really like these mid engine yeah Porsches?
1: Yeah. Well, what happened was I I was in Australia, so I bought this Cayman in October, and then January. From a month in January to February 2020, I was in Australia.
0: Okay.
1: I took my youngest son there. I tried to go every year. And so February, mid-February, I'm still in Australia, 2020 this is. Yep. And I'm looking at cars every night. That's just the way I am. I'm looking at cars in England you know, all the yep. time, wherever I am. And I'm trying to figure out what the next move one was then. And I was looking at GT3s, you know, 997 GT3s, because they weren't – they hadn't they, I, I'd figured out they were just underpriced. I remember thinking, why are these cars, why are they that price? Yep. And in hindsight, I was right, you know. Um, and I'd organized with a mate to go to England in March or in spring when I got back. We're going to go in spring and do a drive and do a round. And, yep. and that was spring 2020. And we, <laughs> spring it's what happened, COVID, yep. yeah. So that didn't happen. And even over April, there were definitely GT3s and stuff going. There was a bit of panic selling for a month or two.
0: Prices were just lower. Slightly. Australia and yeah. UK prices were lower. Yeah,
1: there was a bit of a panic. Yeah, well, a lot of a panic. Um, yeah, and I, but I hadn't driven one. I remember thinking I might hate this thing. I might prefer the Cayman. I just hadn't made my, and I thought the market was coming my way. I thought it was going to get worse and worse. Yep. Right. Yep. That didn't happen. No. So, um, so I'd sort of thought, well, oh, okay, I sort of missed that little window there. But I couldn't get over to try them out. And buying cars blind then wasn't even as big as it was now. You know, it's sort of a norm almost now. In a couple so, of years,
0: in a couple of yeah. years, people become very comfortable with online. Yeah. Which I mean, I even when you think Tesla's, to. Tesla's, you know, let's talk about electric cars. But Tesla's when they were sold online, people were a bit hesitant. How can yeah. you only sell it online? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like people just do it for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Oh, if I'd have known that, you know, they were definitely. Yeah, but it was a 997. I just thought, well, I don't know. I just focused on that. I hadn't driven one. I, I did look at the 996 GT3, but everyone was sort of saying, well, no, it's a 997. You know, that was the way. Um, so, anyway, so I, I summer come, or well, summer here, yep. uh, which would have been July, um, yep. and prices are popping up. Everything's gone up, you know, all this money being thrown around. And I thought, oh, no, this is going the wrong way. You know, my upgrade path is disappearing. <laughs> so, um, but I was aware of the Cayman R when I had the Cayman. So, you know, generally when I look at a car, I was like, what's the best or the best spec in any model you've got? And the Cayman R found that pretty quickly after I bought my Cayman. Yes. So I was definitely eyeing those off but with an eye on a GT3 as well. Um, but even the Cayman R, they were a good one of those. We were selling very quickly. But hard um,
0: to find though, Andy. So hard yeah. to find the Cayman R. They hardly um, come up anymore.
1: Uh, you, in England, you'll always find one or two manuals with the right stuff. They normally, normally get one or two around if you're prepared really? to pay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's always a few floating around. But I had in my mind I want one with a few miles on it. Right. A lot of people seem to want 30,000 30, miles or less. I just don't understand. Yep. Um, and I was happy to get a 50,000, 60,000 mile. I just didn't, you know, I just thought I'm going to get one for a certain price. At a certain price on my head. And people with Cayman R said, well, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a Cayman R for that with the bucket seats and the manual and the sports exhaust, all the options. Um, and I'd almost given up on getting one. Um, and it was like September 2020. Um, prices were going up. What happened in England was there was a second lockdown yes. looming.
0: Yes.
1: So summer, our English summer 2020, people thought we'll pass the worst of it. Yep. And there was a bit of frenzy there, buying frenzy Put prices up, and then close down. Yeah, the whole thing by October they were shutting down by November really. So, so I was um, I'd be on a lot of the Facebook groups for these car models, um, and they're really good in England actually. And a lot of cars get advertised there. All people put them on and just say, "I'm thinking of selling this." Yep. What do you think? And they'll put a price to it. And I was sort of always keeping an eye on those. And it was it was definitely Friday afternoon. I was working away. In my eye on the Facebook groups as I do, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and this this thing comes up. It's uh, it's a guy. He didn't have a Porsche, but he was selling it for his dad. It was a Cayman R. Wow. 2011 Cayman R. White. was one owner. His yep. dad had bought it. His dad was 72. Right. When he was selling it, he just put it up. Said here's Cayman R. Listed the options. I'm selling this for my dad. And um, he put a price to it. Oh, I won't say. But um. And I, I, I looked twice, like, is that right? I, thinking, I thought, that's, that's not right. <laughs> and I was uh, quickly scanning again. And, and I probably was about five minutes after being posted that I'd seen it. And I could see the comments were just going, hitting it. It was hitting like mad. So the
0: price was low or high? Yeah, it was low.
1: about 20% under, I reckon. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, how least... so you had to be quick then. You could see the comments coming up. And yeah. Go.
1: Well, I just met. I didn't put a comment. I just messaged. So I said, um, here's my number. I'm buying it for myself, not to flip. Okay. Was, you know, just, and I thought, well, I've missed the chance. This guy's you know, going to get this bored already. Um, and he messaged back and said, no, I'm going to ring you back. It's just, just, just too ahead of you. I'm ringing you back. And I thought, oh, you never know. He did ring me back about what, 20 minutes later. Yep. Um, and the first person he got on the phone was a dealer who tried to, <laughs> tried to, under, tried to take more off the price. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, the second person was a chancer. And right. luckily I was there, I was the third one. And once I got him on the phone, I thought, well, I'm not going to let you go, you know. So I was asking him all the questions. So his father had ordered a, a Cayman GTS, the four-litre had come out. Yes. Uh, sorry, the, the six-cylinder four-litre had come out. Yes. Because um, he told me his dad had rung him one day, because his dad was old school. He'd read them, he used to read magazines, not the internet. And he rung him a few months before going, oh, they've put a, they've really re-released a six-cylinder Cayman. Yeah four litre turbo and he's all excited so i'm gonna order one so he went and ordered one and um, that must have been you know, august i think it was and they said oh your car's not coming till january but what had happened um people were cancelling orders back then it's a funny oh, okay. time there were new orders were getting cancelled and he'd got a phone call saying your car's coming in i think two weeks they said it's been brought forward to october yes and he was 72 seats. So he- maybe panicked a bit and said to me, "Someone, can you get rid of the Cayman R? Because he didn't have space for these two cars. Um, so that sort of seemed to be what it was. And he basically, um, yeah, so I got on the phone, you know, went through everything. I said, well, look, I'll, I'll send you 500 quid now, deposit, I'm going to, you know. The fact that he rung me and he knew I was in Northern Ireland, amazed. Okay, yep. so what was yeah.
0: the, tell the listeners exactly what this car was. So it's, an, it's well, a 2011
1: Cayman R. Yeah, it had 53,000 miles when I bought it, which was apparently high miles. <laughs> These cars has ridiculous. the buckets right bucket seats it's got the um so it's manual bucket seats it had the porsche sports pse um which is important on those cars because the pse on the cayman r was actually a bigger bore exhaust than the cayman s okay. pse and it costs a lot of money to try and buy it after the fact it's a 55 mil uh pipe diameter versus 48 right that was part of the way they they they, they only got another 10 horsepower out of the tune um Part of that was exhaust. But mainly it was just a map. Um, 10 horsepower is not much. But um, it had, um, didn't have the sports chrono, but it had the three key things, which was a manual, the buckets, and the sports exhaust. Yep. It was white, which is a – it's Carrara white, which is a, is a nice colour in those cars.
0: It's a nice colour.
1: Yeah, you need the – it's got the black bits on it, you know. So it just seems to work on that. I'm not a big fan of white normally, but it just yeah. worked on that car. Everyone
0: chases after that green colour, don't they? I can't remember. Yeah,
1: that. I nearly bought one. Um, yeah, I nearly bought one of those. That was definitely that was one of those in the market in a um, more, lot more money, but I just couldn't quite – Yeah, because the, they've got the colour-coded centre console. They've got colour-coded yes. bits inside, the Cayman R. Yes. Not just the console, it's bits on the dash. And I just I wasn't sure if I could live with green. I yeah,
0: the white actually probably works better, doesn't it? Yeah, so how yeah. Do you? So you've already given the deposit to the guy. You've yeah, got the yeah. history with the 06, 987.1 <laughs> Cayman S. So yeah. then now you put a deposit down on a 2011, right? 2011 yeah, yeah. Cayman R. So the Cayman yeah. R is, you know, it's a different league, right? It's 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 before the GT4. It's 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 you know like Porsche starting to work out that they can do more with with the Cayman. You know what I mean with the Boxster and the Cayman. Yeah. So how do you how do you make sure this car's okay? Do you go yeah, and view it yourself, or you get that specialist you used before? How do you go about it, Andy?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I can't believe he was that patient because he had a queue of people wanting to buy it on his doorstep. You know, he's he obviously old school, and his father was old school. he's work you know he's worked with his you know, he, was, he knew, I, what I think it was, when he'd sold, he'd sold a, an escort to someone in Northern Ireland very recently, and it was a really good deal. I think he realised when we hit something, we hit it really hard and don't muck about. Yep. So anyway, so basically what I did, I uh, paid the 500 quid, I'd maybe send another 500 quid, so look, I'm definitely you know, serious, and I organised a PPE, but it took about a week to get the yep. PPE, yep. PPI, sorry. Um, that was done. I didn't fly over to look at the car. Um, one of the reasons I wanted the PPE, pi was to talk to the person just saying how fresh is this car does it feel as fresh as it looks the interior in particular um if you've got a tired interior i think it's very hard to bring that back
0: sorry um, andy where's the car located
1: sorry yeah it was in chester in england
0: on oh, chester okay
1: yeah i should say that. you're just outside manchester really um yep. so and that's quite a good area a few friends have bought cars that was zone in chester i don't know they
0: there's good cars around that mansion, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them come up too. Yeah, yeah. It's you special find cars. that
1: there's um, money
0: there, money in that region. There's money right?
1: there, yeah, and that's why. Again, and also the ferry to get it across from Hollyhead. It's only two hour trip to the ferry to bring it across to Dublin. Where some parts of it I could be driving seven hours, you know. So it just all worked. But in, yeah, but the PPI. Um, so the guy took it in. They had four. Cayman three other R's. they look after three or four right and he said well this one's the freshest one we see oh fantastic um, he said, so There's that another one that's, it you, yeah that and I said enough. what's the interior like and I, he said this thing is like new and this the, the owner was 72 was quite a you know fr- quite a small guy and what yep. he was doing he actually had Lotus Europas he was a oh, car okay. guy and this R was just the car that he used to drive from his house to, the, to, his, where he's, to his workshop 20 miles away a couple right. of times a week right he used to take it on cruises and that, but, but generally that was what he did. And he, he even had the, the seats covered because he might have slightly grubby uh, clothes on the way yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. So he'd park so it well inside careful. there. Yeah. yeah. Well but careful. it wasn't, a, I don't think it was garage all the time though. I don't think he didn't really garage it and all that. So it wasn't like that sort of car. It wasn't a garage clean, but it'd been used. But he a great guy and he had a couple of Europas. I never got to see them. Um, they were modified. He used to race those. He didn't race the Cayman R. I mean, the Cayman R isn't, It's a lot of people think it's a mini GT3, but it's not. It's not. There's no. Um,
0: so before yeah. we go there, though, how did you get it back then? Do you come? Do you come over to Do you come over to the to London and, and pick it up, or what do you do?
1: Yeah. So we, we uh, made a mate come across. So we drove down to Dublin ferry
0: during um, COVID though.
1: Yeah, so this was October. So it took actually two weeks to pick it up. So we got the PPI done, and I'd paid a load of money with a balance getting paid on the day. Yep. So it was bought. It was basically bought. Unless there was yes. something crazy going on in the day. Yes. So it took two weeks. So it was into October, in the, and the second lockdown was basically on the, on the eve of it.
0: Happening, so we yeah. got on
1: this ferry. We got on, me and my mate got on this ferry from Dublin to Holyhead, England, and it was ghost town. Yep. It was just it was a really weird feeling. We got the train, picked up the car, um, had a good chat. It was a really good, really good day. It was a Friday, and then drove it back to Holyhead on the Friday, late, the last ferry on the Friday, an empty ferry. Just,
0: just. Wow. It was just a really, really so weird did, place. Yeah. How did it feel? How did it feel? Because you got the, you got your, yeah. your, your, You've got rid of your previous one, right? You've sold the Cayman S. I had
1: that still, so I was going to run the two together okay. for a month. Yeah, just the way it was working. Um
0: what did you notice straight what up early I noticed, when you, you drove? I'll tell you
1: the, what I noticed. I'll tell you what I noticed. Was is it the weight? Um, well, one, one thing I noticed was it's quieter inside the cabin because the Gen 2 engine, yeah, the Gen 2 engine doesn't have the induction noise of a Gen 1. Ah, okay. The DFI engine on the Gen 2, and the same thing for the 997, is very different induction. And they've lost some of that character. Ah.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, what? So did you think what the, you know, like, is, was that something that… I just that...
1: thought, well, the PSC, so my existing Cayman, the first Cayman I had didn't have sports exhaust, so but it used to have more just general noise about it, whereas, so I put the sports exhaust on straight away and I thought, well, I can live, you know, that's all right, I guess, it's, sort of, it's more noise outside than inside. That's yep. the first thing I noticed, but I mean, I did have, I noticed the, the handling was sharper. They're, they're, they're lighter. I mean, they talk about this 55 kilos lighter, but they're not really there. As long as you get a manual, but um, they have air conditioning. So you're more like about 40, 35 kilos lighter.
0: That's quite Once, a lot though, don't you think? Like normally when they do weight reduction, yeah. it's 15 kilos or something. It's, it's still quite a big chunk of weight.
1: Yeah. But what you're feeling, it's actually what you're feeling is they have a bespoke stiff suspension. Right. On the and R that the and S didn't have. Right. So what you're, you're feeling the weight... But I think more what I was feeling was the stiffer suspension, so everything was just happening tauter. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Cayman R has... And the other thing I noticed was the, the Cayman R has the GT3 aluminium doors. Yeah. So when you open the door of a Cayman R, it feels like it's half the weight of an S. That's the first thing I noticed, and I, and I still notice it today uh, when I go up to a normal Cayman, how heavy the door
0: feels. So that's where they so, shed a lot of the weight then from the doors. That's where yeah, they... Yeah, the well, what the happened
1: weight. was, I think in two... Based in 2011, the Cayman R seems to be getting this legendary status, which it it deserves. Yes. But but what it really it wasn't a limited numbers car. It was limited because
0: limited production, though, right? It was only they, produced for a short period, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but it was a run out model.
0: Yeah, it was like the end of the end of the Caymans, right? End yeah, of the...
1: yeah. So what they were trying to do was avoid people hanging out to buy the 981. They wanted to shift the the 987. But they would have made ten thousand of them if people wanted them. But the problem oh, was, really? no. In twenty eleven, that was the worst of the economy.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So they ended up making two or three thousand, maybe three thousand. Not by choice. They would have made as many as you wanted. So, um, but it will uh, go down,
0: though, Andy. Sorry, it will go yeah. down. I think in years to come. Even we can see it yeah. now that it, it's it's a really special car for Porsche. It it's still gonna it become is. one of those really special cars for Porsche. And people kind of it's one of those weird things again where people kind of overlooked it. And I remember seeing the prices yeah. in Australia and I've spoken about this before, where it dipped, you know, they dipped. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember seeing one at Classic Throttle Shop in Sydney in the green. And I can't even remember how much it was, but it was it was, you know, probably three times as much as what they were selling for. You know what I mean? Like it was, really? double. It, was it was crazy money you know, and you think, okay, something's changed here. Someone, you know, the whole feeling of this car has changed. For you though, for you though, when you start driving it, when you start driving it, you said, you you know, you could, the induction noise is not as as strong, whatever. But when, when was the first time when you, when you take it back to Northern Ireland and you're driving it and you think, okay, I have got something special here. What was the thing that sort of made you think it was, it was, it was special?
1: Um, it was after I modified it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. You had to still, you had to tweak it.
1: Uh, what it was, um, that's a good question. I mean, uh, yeah, it felt special from day one because what it is, you sit in these bucket seats and you've got, um, you've got the special steering wheel as well, the, the nice steering wheel. So whole, the whole, fight. once you sit in a bucket seat, you feel different before you even start the car and even opening the doors feels different. Yes. It just feels like it's, yeah. Um, oh no, straight away I fell for it. 100% fell for this car. Um, but for okay. me, I tend to start researching what do people do. So, it had a bit of a flat spot in the mid-range. Uh-huh. Um, and they, that seems to be a thing. I think it's more an em- emissions thing. They have to sort of tune things a bit funny, yeah. Um, so, I knew I was going to get rid of that. And I was researching mapping straight away um, um, and also exhaust modifications. But... Yeah, I mean, from the, from the very, I mean, from the very first drive home. Actually, I'll tell you when it was. Actually, yeah, really, I couldn't really do much in England um, because I just didn't know the whole camera thing. And yeah, from Chester to Holyhead, I was just sort of cruising. With my my mate was in the car, and I remember he. I was trying to teach him how to get into a bucket seat properly. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was sort of,
0: With your sort perfect guided. seats. With your oh, perfect seats. There's a certain sort of technique to it. And,
1: <laughs> and I remember going to McDonald's. We had to stop at McDonald's. I thought, oh, this is going to be desperate. And uh, he sort of, he, on purpose, he got in wrong. I just knew I thought, oh, I've yeah, had yeah, yeah. Oh, enough of this. <laughs> but um, we got to the ferry anyway. But it wasn't until um, I got off the ferry and there's a tunnel out of Dublin going north. And he was in his car. Just a SUV ahead yep. of me, and I just gave this thing the guns in the tunnel, and just heard the sound and everything. And he, I went past him. He just said, "That sounded fantastic." And it was that, you know. Once I got home and knew my own roads, then I really had to yeah. at it, and I just thought this is great. It's just that it's the agility of it, and it's not just maybe it's half. I don't even think it's the weight. It's definitely the suspension. So the shocks are a lot more stiff. The shocks and springs on that car. That's the only suspension component they change. There's nothing. Right. There's no special bushings or anything on the suspension members so it's not a GT thing in that way Um, so really one of the the main things about that car I think historically will be the GT3 doors right it's a body panel thing that was very unique yes Um, and when that car came out because 2011 GT products weren't selling I think they just raided the GT parts bin because the seats on that car are out of a GT2
0: yes the reclining yeah uh, they were buckets
1: right even the 997 Gen 1 wouldn't be – some of the 997s didn't have those seats. It was a really special seat. and They're big money now. Yes. Um, they're an amazing look. It's when you walk up to the car, um, it's got the body kit as well, which was a, wasn't a was just bespoke for the Cayman R. So that, all these things add up. There's probably a dozen things they've done, little things like they took the um, the off the door, the bottom edge of the door, you know, the, the scuttle, the, the scuff thing, yep. whatever. They, yeah, that's just like a sticker. It's just all these little things they took off and it all adds up to a special sort so of feel. So you see it yeah. as
0: being body-coloured, don't you? It's that whole thing where it's yeah. body-coloured, isn't it? Yeah. The centre console is body-coloured, the, the yes. trim is body-coloured and the door sills are yeah. body-coloured um, with the print. So what, what did you – okay, let's just go back to the modifications because I know the listeners are waiting for me to ask. So what did you actually do though? You said that basically you can see the, the – the potential in this car, right? You think it's a great car, but you want to yeah. tweak it. You want to get some more out of it. So what were the, just the key things quickly, Andy, what you did to that car?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, well, even before I bought the Cayman R, I was looking at the Gen 2 Cayman S. Right. I actually, actually nearly bought one, actually, an aqua blue one, but I, I didn't, I don't know. But um, I wanted to go to the Gen 2 because I'd already had the Gen 1. I thought, well, I'm going go to go the Gen 2. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what you do, you know. Um, so I knew about the DFI. So I was doing a lot of research in before I had the Cayman R. Um, and really, what happens with the DFI engines? They're a good, tough engine, but um, you, you basically a map and the headers. So the 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 exhaust headers, the, um, I call them headers. Um, you know what I mean? The, yeah, yep. the bit straight out of the block. Um, so in the, in the in the Gen two, the S and the R, the headers have two cats in each header. Right. Um, whereas the Gen one used to have one cat in the headers and one cat in the back box. Um, but in the Gen 2, all the headers are loaded up at the front, uh, the headers. Um, and I sort of, I mean, the first day I had the car back, I had it up on my stands and I was underneath looking at it and I, I saw the headers and I thought, oh, I don't know if you, if you ever see the Gen 2 headers, they, they, look weird. Um, yeah. they, they just look weird. It's almost like they've, they've obviously got a reason for what they've done, but it just looks weird. Um, and I just thought they don't look very nice, you know? So, um. I had in my head that I was going to get um race uh, headers with the racing cats, which are a more open header, a more open cat, just less restrictive. Yep. Um, so I was sort of pricing all that around. But what I did in the interim was um, I got a map, and because I'm in Northern Ireland, the mappers over here wouldn't really be Porsche guys. If I was in England, there's a handful of people I could have taken that car to and done a rolling map. Yes. Um, but I just didn't have that option. I didn't want to go. That. So I ended up getting a Softronic map from america
0: okay yeah i've heard of that
1: yeah he he i actually talked to the guy as well he's really good um and <clears throat> I, I actually got that you laid that yourself um and i straight away picking the mid-range i really noticed the mid-range straight away okay um, that was with the standard exhaust so that was definitely worth doing um he actually sent me two maps one had this pops and bangs
0: <laughs> oh really so you, you could choose, so you pick the, not the Pops and Bangs one?
1: Well, no, I did actually. Oh, you I did. did? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay, so you, I had the two files watch. there. I had the two files. I thought, which one will I load? I thought, I'll put the Pops and Bangs on for a week. It was on for like three months. Um, it was hilarious. But, but you do the map um, and then you got to yeah. do
0: the exhaust, right? You have to do the yeah. exhaust.
1: Yeah. So I felt, I felt, um, it was just more eager in the mid-range and probably more t- and top end as well, but definitely the mid-range. I felt the mid-range, I could do things in third gear that I would have had to drop down a second straight away. So it's definitely, it's a good map. You know, he's it, 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 very popular even over here. Right. But, um, but then I was looking at headers and on Facebook, um, so sole performance would be a fairly common name
0: now. Yes, um,
1: they have um, But yeah, it's quite pricey really. Um, and I was looking at all the options and, and, and on Facebook Marketplace, a set of um, catless headers came up for a Cayman Gen right, 2. So right. there's no cats at all um and they're half price and they were only been used for a year and the the person selling was a really good you know really really good guy yep i just bought them um i think that's 650 pound yeah. um so i got those over and um we got those i didn't fit those myself because of uh, just worried about the corroded fittings you get with these 10 year old Porsche so i got a guy to replace all the fittings and everything while we did it yes so that really took the car to another level um
0: how was the sound
1: the sound is loud. Um, it's loud, yeah, yeah. So I've got the PSE, so I can turn that on and off. Um, okay, so that's good. But again, another mod I did literally the first week was I disconnected the whole PSE, so it was basically always on. You disconnect that solenoid controller in the um, in the in the engine bay. It's a five-minute job. Um, but yeah, so they were they okay. were it was always on. So it's quite um it gets a bit droney at two and a half or three thousand revs with those headers. But um, just so the listeners know, cruising, you still yeah. have
0: this car, right? You, you know, we're going to yeah. get into your latest car, which we're going yeah. to run out of time. But we're going to get into your All latest right, car. Sure. But um, the the Cayman R is not a car you you're not going to get rid of it, are you? You're going to keep it.
1: I'm I'm actually selling it. Yeah, you I'm, are selling it. It's the reason I'm selling it. I've only got one garage, but there's a guy that from the day I bought it, a guy in that sort of car group, he wanted first dibs on it. Okay. And, um, yeah, we've we've agreed a price. And I'm, I'm prepared to let it go, but I want to know where it is and I might want to buy it one day. Okay. that sort of a thing. It's staying I in North I thought you would Ireland. have
0: kept that one. I'm surprised.
1: I wanted to. I wanted to. But i tell you. Um,
0: but you've just made a big investment with your new car. Yeah. We're not going to talk values, but you made, you know, it's a big investment. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense.
1: And also I'll be doubling up. The, the Cayman is fairly harsh on the road. Okay. The, the for a ride. And really, I'm going to end up with two cars the same. Okay. Let,
0: I want to get yeah. into the GT3 though because you know yes. we're, going, we're going to be way over here. But we just want to get into the GT3. I don't want everyone to lose lose concentration and not and turn off you know three quarters of the way through, <laughs> which they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what else? So you you did the you, so apart from those things on the Cayman R, is that all you you did to it? Yeah, that's all I need. Yeah. That's all you need. And then it, was it takes it to about three hundred uh, and fifty horsepower. And. You know, you drive this car a lot. You're out and about all the time. I'm going to say about the 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 Instagram that you started up, the uh, Porsche Drivers Island, right? Yeah. So you said you set that up in during COVID.
1: Yeah, that was uh, group, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, group. Yeah,
0: your group. Um,
1: not a club. It's, yeah, group. <laughs> not yeah, it's a group. Yeah, informal
0: group. <laughs> so I'm going to share that. I'm going to share that Instagram now, and I'm going to show you. Your, sure? yeah. your, so that Instagram is, and I'll find it, it's at Porsche, uh, Porsche underscore drivers underscore island. So go and check that one out. That's the, well, you can explain it, Andy. That's the group you set up basically just for drives you're doing with a whole lot of other guys around. Yeah, around I just want to go,
1: yeah. I mean, the first drive we did, I thought only a couple of, well, I thought only two cars would turn up, but a few GT3s turned up out of nowhere. So that's sort of how it started. So you get all sorts of cars coming and um, we just drive. Yeah. Fantastic. It's nothing about big meals or anything, just drive. Early morning as well.
0: And don't worry about the miles. So let's get into the, get into the GT3, right? Mm. <clears throat> the listeners will see what you've got. It's in the title. And it's special. And, it is, yeah. And I need you to, you to, like, really explain this because I don't know a lot about, about Manti Racing. You know, I, know, I know, the, you know the Manti Racing now and I don't know the history of it and, and the history of this car. And you sent me a lot of information and I know it's a beautiful car and I want you to, you know, tell the listeners how it came about. Mm. Um, so it was what? Only a few months ago that you realized this car could be available? Just tell the listeners how it came about, Andy.
1: Yeah, well, probably because, yeah, well, originally two years ago I was going to look at GT3s and I put it out of my head. I just came back a few months ago into my head. I'm thinking, well, I need 911. You just have to have a 911 at some start. You just do. And we come back from Scotland, this big trip, and I'd been following 9, 911s, air-cooled and all sorts, and just thought, oh, God, it ruined me. So um, <laughs> so what I did was I, on the Facebook group for 996 GT3s, I just put a post up saying, anyone got any, any GT3s going, modified mileage, I don't care. Yes. And I thought I was going to get just laughed at, Lisa, to say, you haven't got to hope in buying one, mate. Within a day, I had four. Okay. The cars, they weren't on the market. They were being offered to me right. in England. They weren't wow. on the market. Um, but one guy, he was actually an, an Irish guy. He, had a, he said, I've got a 996 GT3 Manti. And I didn't know what he meant. Yeah. Um, it was a black one. Um, so I started Googling Manti and thinking, oh, okay, that's what this is all about. Because I'd seen MR, the MR.
0: On the new ones, right? On the yeah, GT2s Mante and, and the record-breaking yeah. break, GT2, MR, yeah. you know. Yep.
1: So, yes, yeah, so Olof Manti started 1996, um, and he started modifying the GT3s fairly quickly. But, um, but in terms of the how I got it, so, so this Manti Racing came up. There was this one in Limerick, and I put a post. There's a big form here, Piston Heads. Yes. The English. Yeah, I look at it all the time, yeah. There was a, I started searching Manti on that, and there was an old thread about a Manti racing car from years ago, and I posted a picture of this one in Limerick. <clears throat> I said, does anyone know about this car? And one guy, well-known to heads, said, well, I don't know about that one, but I know two that are coming up for sale soon. Right. So I messaged him, and what happened was the car that I ended up buying the Speed Yellow Gen 1 Manti was one of the two cars He'd heard of.
0: Okay.
1: This guy had had four or five of them. He, was, he just seemed to know what was going on in that scene. And someone who'd had this speed yellow one had emailed him literally the day before, said, uh, I think I'm going to sell my car but for various reasons. So that was 24 hours before I put this post up. And so basically, um, that's how the connection happened with this car that wasn't on the market. So basically, I had six cars that weren't on the market being known to me
0: wow which is interesting i thought and i guess yeah. i guess a lot of owners though it's like when you think about you want to sell your car you don't really you don't want the hassle right you don't yeah yeah. it's difficult isn't it you know what i mean so if you can just list yep. on a forum where there's like-minded people mm. and then just you know if, if you someone lists and then they say they're looking for something then maybe like you know, maybe you'll say okay i have one i might be interested in selling i guess that's just yeah it's
1: that's just exactly easy it's what just
0: happened. easy with enthusiasts right yeah so Manti racing like you said is the Mr. Isn't it the Mr. On the new cars? Yeah. You know, um, it's but owned when... by it's owned by Porsche now, right? It's fifty. I think it's over fifty percent owned by yeah. Porsche now, and it's not owned by um, Manti anymore. Olaf is it? It's owned by two other guys. I think I can't remember their names. Yeah.
1: When when the when they were doing the GT3s, it was actually called Manti Motors.
0: Right. Right.
1: And at some stage, it went to Manti Racing, and then Porsche bought an ownership of it. I think they just had to get them under their wing. Um. So, but Olaf himself was a successful race driver.
0: Yes, so we had to Porsche. Put that in him. Porsche race driver, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but what they basically do is they they do three things. They map them, but they fit a an exhaust basically made by M&M, um, a really really good exhaust, but the main one of the main things they do is they fit um, they basically put a cup type induction system on it. So they rip the airbox out, they take the mass airflow sensor out, the maf sensor comes out. They put a cup BMC type filter on it so there's not much between induction system and fresh air and they also put a carbon fibre air guide um, into the engine bay to stop the hot air getting into the You know, so I think you'll probably post a photo which will show what I mean but it's
0: it's a real enthusiast car right
1: it's
0: super enthusiast it's like you know we all want one so you've got this you've got this car that comes up right you've got this car that comes up does the guy contact you? You contact him It was
1: what the story was he hadn't he was only he wasn't fully there about selling it yet. he was still he was still there's a long story behind it, but it took him a few weeks to realize he, he sort of needs to sell it. It wasn't a okay. financial it was just there was other things yep. um, so there was a few weeks where I talked to him pretty quickly and he was saying, "Andy, it's not I'm not sure I'm selling this yet, but I'm going to talk to you about it. It okay. was probably eighty percent there, so there was a few okay. weeks where it wasn't even officially you know and then um, that happened then. He basically said, okay, it's de- I'm definitely selling it. Yes. I know now. I've, I've made my men's, you know. So then it came down to price, and then we organised PP. It, it took, a, took over a, a month, at least that stage of it. So it could have fallen down any time. You know, it, this, this could have fallen down any time. Um, so obviously that was a car I got a PPI on. Um, compression okay, so text. he makes yeah. – just go
0: back a bit, Andy. So he, deci- hmm. he decides to sell it, right? I know the story, but he decides to sell it. Yeah. So what do you do? You, just on the, you, you are fully decided then, right? You're going to take this car. How do you go about it? Because it's a bit of a process involved here. So just yeah. tell the listeners the process that you went through to, to actually get the car and pick up the car.
1: Right, okay, yeah. So what happened? Right. So we agreed a price that we were both happy enough with um, and I agreed to fly over. I'm going to get PPI done. Yes. So the... The airport he picked me up from, he picked me up on the car and I used to go off the plane and walk to the car and he was parked in the McDonald's <laughs> car park. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I told him after the fact, that I was walking to the car and I was, it must have been hundred metres away and it was, it was half sold already yeah. to me. Um, I mean, if, if, when I say I put a deposit on the car, but I hadn't seen the car. Yeah. So I could have got in this car and it could have been just a mess. You know, yep. you know photos cover,
0: cover yep. stuff up. Or oh, it didn't feel right.
1: Didn't yep. feel right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, might not like the drive. I've never driven one.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, so, um, so we meet and he's a really nice guy, you know, he's a doctor and he's semi-retired and um, I get in the car as a passenger, so the agreement was it was about a 50-minute drive to the PPI place, which was good, and I, he said, well, I'm going to drive to the place, Andy, and I said, that's great, I want to be a passenger for a while, and I said, if the PPI is going the right way and everything that looks like it's going to happen, well, you can drive home. So I'm in the passenger seat, I thought these buckets feel really nice, <laughs> I thought that might have been bad, you know, body type and everything. Um, And then he starts the engine. And I thought, oh, I think I've, yeah, this is definitely sold. (laughs) It's just an idle. Because I'd driven a Mates 964 air cooled a few weeks before. Yes. It sounds like an air cooled. Right. So that that was it,
0: right? So you're on the way to PPI, and you know know in your head the PPI is going to, is going to, the deciding factor. That's going going to seal the deal for you. Tell the listeners exactly what it was, though. Tell the listeners exactly what this car is, the the year, the the colour and and what it is. What it is. Right, okay,
1: yeah, okay, yeah. Um, So it's a 1999.
0: Because it's rare, right? It's very rare.
1: Yeah, it's a GT3 1999, which is the first year they made them. It's speed yellow. It's a club sport. And it's got the Mante modifications. So only about, I think in the Gen 1, only about 15% were club sports. Maybe, I know only 30 came to England out of, I might have my numbers wrong, but there were only three Speed Yellow club sports came to England. Okay. Um, wow. That's in the Speed many. Yellow. Yeah, For some reason, Speed Yellow wasn't as popular as you think. Right. Yeah. In hindsight, it should be. But
0: this is – sorry, Andy. This is just club sport, sport, GT3 996.1 club sports, not yeah. Manti Racing, just the basic GT3 club sport.
1: Yeah, yeah. And okay. I think only about 20% of them probably have the Manti kits on the Gen 1, maybe maybe 30, but it's not, not a lot. Um, so can, three, I, can I three ask one more question? Sorry,
0: I, I'm interested. Yeah. How does the, the Manti Racing kit, that's put on aftermarket by Manti Racing in the UK, how does that work? Um you can
1: either get it either Manti do it in Germany or Jzm and RPM and the agents for them in the uk. so this car was done in 2011 okay at about forty thousand miles Oh, okay one of the owners another reason this owner this car's great for me because i I, I know all the owners back to two thousand and three okay this f- the first three owners were quite happened quite quickly and they get ch- it changed hands which is not uncommon. but one guy had it for twelve years um, wow. And he did the Manti racing. He did track the car, but actually, when he got the man-tie done, he didn't track it much after only a few times. So it was a All weird right. thing, just the way it worked. But um, it raises the horsepower from about 360 to 400, um, and uh, the noise is just another level on the noise. But, but the club sports important because um, in the Gen One GT3, there was never an RS model. Yes, the Gen Two had an RS and the gen 1 gt3 i mean basically porsche management didn't want them to build it hmm. um it's an FIA homologation car but if you read the history the management of porsche said we'll build it but don't ruin the brand that yeah. was something was a comment was made apparently so and what they to get it built they had to um to do it cheap because you know they had the issues with finances in the 90s what the engineers had to do was they basically had to go and grab stuff from the old motorsport cars right. because they already tool all the tooling and dies were there to make the castings. So they honed in. It. I don't know the full history yet, but definitely GT1 Le Mans car engine is the base of some of this car. The engine. Yes. Um, it has the heads are related to a 959. They're not the 959 heads, but there's right. a relationship, design relationship there. Gearbox is out of a 993 GT2, right? So you can sort of feel why when he started the car up, it sounded the way it did. It's got this air-cooled thing going on. It's a unique sound, and so it's a really interesting car because it probably shouldn't have even been built. You know, financially, they wanted to build Boxsters and base 996, and they were profitable for them. So for them to build this car, they couldn't go and retool.
0: You know, yeah, so
1: um, so that and I,
0: I always remember I the, that the point one, but the point yeah. one, sorry, Andrew, the point one yeah. is supposed to be well. I know this is disputed now, and there's like lots of debate, but the point one was always supposed to be the better one, right? The point one was the one, um, was the, the better GT3, the 996 GT3. I know that's um, disputed now. People say the point two is better,
1: uh, yeah. And I think that as a, if you want a track car out of the box, the gen two is better, yeah, is it? There's little things like a gen two's got an oil. A gearbox oil cooler. Right. I'm sort of learning this as I go along with this. There's, there's things they did to the Gen 2. It is the better car for track okay. out of the box. Yeah. But if I'm not, I will track this mildly, but it's not going to be a track car. Um, so as a road car, the Gen 2 has more compliant suspension. Um, the engine in the Gen 2 is slightly different. Um, the Vero Ram in the gen 2 has a, like a step to it right see so there's this character to the engine that the gen one is a the gen 1's the, the strong growth stronger the um the more powerful engine probably more tunable yes they are a different barrier ramp set up in the gen 2 so um the gen 2 is the faster car is the um, I think it's I think it's a stiffish body shell as well again I'm learning this as I go along but it's um but when you get a Gen 1 and man-tie it um, and also put the bigger brakes on of a Gen 2, so the Gen 2 had bigger calipers at the front. The Gen 1 was a bit under-braked. Okay. But that's just a case of switching calipers and, you know, the mine has got that already done to it. So that's one of the weaknesses taken away from the Gen 1. Um, and with a man-tie kit, it actually makes it – it sort of brings the power up to an RS, really. Right. Um, not probably the character of an RS, but it's um it's actually, it's actually um the Gen two was I think thirty kilos heavier than the Gen one, right. And the so, the Gen two RS is only twenty kilos lighter than the standard. So, but the RS is important because um what they did with the RS was um once they realised they had a hit with the Gen one, they brought it the Gen two and then the Gen two Club Sport. Yes. But the Gen two Club Sport didn't have the single mass flywheel. They missed a few things out of the Gen 2 Club Sport because they held it back for the RS.
0: Oh, right. So that Whereas was Whereas a why Gen 1 Club the... Sport, yep.
1: you have the single mass flywheel with the stronger clutch.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: It has the little things like they took out the, the airbags in the, in the doors. So there's all these there's little things they did in the Gen 1 Club Sport that were really um, held back in the Gen 2 because the marketing were wise to
0: it. Right.
1: My, I might be wrong. So, yeah.
0: so with your car though, with the Manti Racing, with, with your car, the G3 Manti Racing one, is it is it more yeah. stripped out inside? Are there other things that have been removed when they did no, the Manti no, Racing um, upgrade or is it all engine <clears throat> suspension sort of upgrades?
1: Uh, so, there's no, so it hasn't got the Manti suspension change. <clears throat> so, Manti, there's various things you can do. Right. Um, so, mine's just got the engine kit. Right. Um, and also, what they did was they put, when they do it on mine, they put the little. Uh, the RS, 2 RS, had this little extra lip at the rear for the induction air. Um, it's a, like a little um, feeder. That's hard to explain. Um, it sort of grabs the air at speed and feeds it in. Mine had that one fitted because it's quite expensive thing to buy now. So it's just a little bit of carbon, just a little element that it's a bit of a ram air effect when you get up to a certain speed. Um, okay. It's very minor, but it's a nice thing to have. But, um, but mine hasn't got any suspension work, which I probably wouldn't want it. Um okay. Yeah, they. I'm getting the car suspension refurbished at the moment, and it's gonna. It's gonna be stock suspension, which is Bill Stein's. I'm gonna run it like that because Correct. a lot of people say for road use, it's really, really good. Actually, yeah. yeah. So
0: let me let me just give the listeners here the Instagram. Shall I share the Manti um, Racing one, the new Instagram? Yeah, the yeah put that one. There's a few.
1: Yeah, put that one. Yeah. In so is that.
0: Have a look at um, Andy's Instagram. This is for the 996GT3. The so it's at 996GT3 underscore Manti, which is M A N T I'll put it in the description of the podcast, but that's that's what it is, at 996GT3 underscore Manti. Um, there's no pictures of your Cayman R on there, though, is there? That's just all the GT3. Yeah,
1: you'll probably see the Cayman R on the Porsche Drivers Island. I'm,
0: I'm... Porsche I'm... Drivers Island, that's right. Yeah, so that's there'll be a few, few shots
1: there, yeah. try not to yeah, put too much on my car. <laughs> focus on other people's cars. But, um, but no, it was just interesting So I had to drive that. Uh, uh, so officially the thing was bought basically a week ago and I had to go and drive it from Essex up to the specialist in Manchester. It was nearly 250 miles and um, that was a great, that was probably the best day of my life. Um, I remember waking up and uh, I've got relatives in Essex. So i have taken the car <laughs> from the cellar. I took it to Essex, my relatives, half an hour away that night on the Tuesday night. And I knew I was waking up to drive a GT3 halfway across England. And it was a lovely sunny day. And I got into this car. hadn't done a lot of miles. It's one of these cars. And this is what's happening with these cars. They ain't done about 1,000 miles a year for the last four or five years. Oh, wow. So it was a bit tight. You know, you got so to loosen these things up. What was the and, total mileage, Andy? 62.
0: Wow, that's low.
1: Um, six owners, which is actually low because one guy had it for 12 years. Um, oh, there's lots of them at 30,000 miles, which I just, yeah.
0: Yeah. We skipped over it, but did anything show up on the PPI that, that gave you a bit of concern that you thought, hmm. Maybe yeah, yeah, there I've were.
1: Got to fix yeah, that. Um, well, I knew I knew um, Jay had done servicing on it for the last few years, but it was um, I knew the suspension needed to be renewed. That was the seller said. Well, that was my next job if I okay. kept it a year. So I knew the suspension was going to be renewed. But the show, the things that surprised us, the, the, um, the steering rack was leaking. Okay, and that had been refurbished about six or seven thousand miles before. Um, yep. I've heard since that that can happen. The leaks can come back. That's from
0: no, that's from underuse though. That's what happened could, to 997. Yeah. That's what yeah. they told me. If it's not used, it dries up and it it'll seals, go. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Seals.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's under exactly use. what's
0: happened. Yep.
1: It was done about five or six years ago at six thousand six thousand miles ago. So that, yep. that'd be right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then there's a bit of play in the rear where the drive shaft came out of the dipped on one side that worried us. So yeah, the specialist that's um, gone to up in Manchester, he, he sees a lot of these nine nine six and nine nine sevens. So he might be taking the different part. We'll see how it goes. He's he's he hasn't started work on it yet. Um, I've got
0: to be patient because he's flat out okay. at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So you you went to pick up you picked up the car, but you didn't you you did the deal. You knew there was a few things on the PPI. Did you? Yeah, was could a you negotiation negotiate? After could that, you yeah. negotiate the price a little bit because of those yeah. things? You yeah, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. we're not going to share the price you told me and, and, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a big purchase, but mm. so then you, you, you go to this guy in Manchester. So it's with Manchester, it's at that dealer now. It's at the specialist now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, sports and classics limited just, uh, just outside Manchester. And yeah, what's really the scope,
0: good. what's the scope of the work apart from the suspension? What else is yeah, going well, to,
1: so that's going to be ripped all down. The, the Bill go back to Bill to be rebuilt. Um, okay. Um, a lot of new arms and bushings will be replaced. Um, steering rack, we might get it rebuilt again or a new one. They're very expensive now. Um yeah, they are and the rear diff, once the once the well, he's gonna get the drive shafts off and just feel how it feels with them off. He's gonna play around. But this 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 company um, they can rebuild gearboxes there, they're they're proper engineers.
0: Right. Fantastic. So
1: um I mean I bought this car with a big war chest. Yeah. You have to, yeah, yeah, and I'm going to do miles, yeah. five thousand a year. I mean, I'm not going to. It's going to be. It's going to be used until it um, until it's not viable financially, maybe. You know, so it's it's going to be used. Um, it's not going to be. Um, it, it's an, okay, so It's not an investment. It's maybe somewhere to park money. Hopefully, it holds its money. But I don't think of things like that.
0: I have other investments. But even yeah. if you drive it, though, right? Even if you drive it a lot, it's not mm. going to. I can't see it losing money. You
1: mean? Yeah, unless the whole economy goes and the whole
0: thing unless folds, the economy but, goes, yeah, but then you yeah, hold yeah. on to it and sell it yeah. when the economy goes back up. Yeah, so, there's know.
1: no debt on the car. Yeah, I mean it was just interesting driving. I knew it hadn't been used a lot, and I, for the first half of that trip, I just took it easy. I was just bringing the revs up, and you know, and I could feel the engine. Even the last hour of that trip was was I had a good go in the Peak District, um, and you can just feel an engine.
0: It's a great spot it just to It
1: starts to open up and lubricate. It takes a long time, a good few hours to yeah. get them really going, you know. So I really worked away. At it, and by the end of it, it was just really singing. And it was, that was the best hour of my <laughs> driving life it was about last I week. I
0: know the video on your Instagram of the intake noise, you know, in the cabin, yeah. you know, like, and, and yeah, everything yeah. about it, the engine. <laughs> what about the engine bay, though? The engine bay is, be- you know, like, it looks Love different it. to a normal GT3. And then you've got all that carbon on the underside, you know.
1: Yeah, the, on, the, on the side of the lid. Yeah. I tell you, one thing about the Cayman was, and I told my mates, I said, I, I want a car I could lift the hood and see the engine.
0: Yeah, in the Cayman. It's a really,
1: really small thing. That's yeah. Maybe, maybe minor, but I just love to see the engine. I just want to see and keep an eye on things, and just, and just with the car because I had a leaking steering rack. I took some, I knew it was a bit low, and I took um, some steering rack, uh, some hydraulic fluid for the steering rack. Right. To top it up before I did the big trip, and even when I went to the engine and opened up the little uh, reservoir for the steering rack oil. Yep. Just the way it was engineered and machined. It was just had a different feel about it. It's hard to explain, um, compared to the to the Cayman, if that makes sense. Um, yeah,
0: and the listeners really have to go to your Instagram and have a look at the images. You know what I mean? The, Im- yeah, the images yeah. of the interior, the images of the engine, you know, I don't know. There's there's something about that engine where that air filter with the nine eleven GT three cup on it, the exposed that, that filter just and, and the carbon when you've got the the engine cover up in that image. It's just like you know, and little Manti Racing logos on the on the exhaust tips. It's in speed yellow. You know, it's yeah. it's a fantastic. And yeah. um, you must be so happy, Andy. Oh yeah, you must be yeah. So, like it's so one happy. of these ones.
1: It's it's not probably as mint as it looks. It's it's a very good condition, but it's not mint, mint. Yeah. It's got chips and stuff, and that's cool. That's the way I am. Um, you're going to drive um, it. You know, and I I um it's about the mechanicals for me. I want them to get that fully as good as I could. But this is the thing, they're really tough. I think basically they, that engine was run very low-tuned from factory. Right. The bottom end in those engines can take seven, 800 horsepower. You know, it's just an over-engineered engine. They come out of the factory at 360 horsepower. I think they might have been polished. I don't know. I think they couldn't pitch it too far above the Carrera. Yep. Maybe they were worried about warranties. There was an untested engine. There's something going on where that engine isn't, even at 400 horsepower, it's still not stressed.
0: Yeah. Did it feel um, a lot bigger inside? Sorry, did it feel a lot bigger in the the cabin to the Cayman R? Did the seats? Because you sent me that picture this morning Mm. about the seats, how you prefer the seats in the GT3, right?
1: Yeah, it actually feels the same size. Okay. It's really hard to – the 996 is so compact. And, um, yeah, that was – when I first sat in it, when he took me to the PPI, I remember thinking this just feels nice. And what they do with the club sport is they take that centre console bit, the lower bit out. Yep. In the 996 between the gear stick and the
0: car. Yep.
1: And I'd recommend anyone with 996s to go and sit in one with that taken out. Really changes the feel of that car.
0: Yeah. And, it's a gr- and it looks better, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some GT3s that used to come up in Australia where it was missing, you know what I mean, where they, didn't have, they optioned it to not be included. And I know Marco, my friend in Sydney, he, he's trying to get that part. He's, been, he's had that part on order. Right? They are really cheap
1: at the start. I think a lot of people optioned them because there was a really cheap option or something. Yeah, he wants to do it that. on
0: his turbo, but apparently, the, I think it's the part that you need is really hard to get at the moment from Porsche. I don't know why. It's just this stupid parts thing. Something that really? he needs from Porsche to, to do that console delete is not available.
1: Hard to do the delete. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as soon the way in this one, the carpet's all nicely, I don't know. It came from factory like that. It just looks like the way it should be. And this one's got a yeah. color coded center console
0: oh, as nice. well. Yeah, I know. I saw that. It looks really good.
1: And it's a genuine um, cup, it's the Momo steering wheel, but it's a genuine cup racing wheel that you yep. can't even buy anymore. That was fitted. And those little things just changed the vibe of that car. So straight away, I thought, because I thought the Cayman R interior was so nice that I was going to be stepping down, but yep. it's not like that at all. It's a different stripped out thing. It's got the full roll cage. Because um, on the 996 GT3, if you've got a club sport, you've got the full roll cage included in the price. Yep. But in the 997, GT3, Club Sport, they only gave you half the rear right? in the price. You had to pay extra for the front because what happened with the 996, a lot of people weren't getting the dealers to fit the front. And the marketing obviously realised, well, most people don't want the front. The yes. dealers were giving the front section to the owner. They'd go and store it, which yes. is what happened with mine. With the 997, with the 997 they obviously realised there was a bit of money to be made. Yes. Selling the front separate. So... Just Little things change there. I think it's um, the 996, it sort of feels a bit more like the air cooled era in terms of Porsche, the way they were thinking, mm, mm. you know, sort of over engineering because I don't think they made money on any of those GT3s they sold,
0: no. Which and that was reflected in the used prices for a long time on the 996 GT3s, right? They were in Australia, I can go back, you know, probably a long time now, probably eight years, ten years, and they were yeah. very, they were really quite cheap to purchase, um, as you know. As all the listeners know, you know, when I talk about Australian prices, you know, I I think there's a, I think James at Porsche Platts, RSR Classics in Sydney, in Melbourne, he has a, he had a 996, I think for about 260 GT3, Club Sport, 260,000 Australian. But, you know, there's a a 997 GT3 that's just come up Club Sport at Brighton, Porsche in Melbourne for 300. Is that a Gen 1 or Gen 2? Gen 1, 997, 300,000. Club Sport? Yeah. Wow. So the prices are uh, that's the price. No, I didn't pay
1: anywhere near that. That's <laughs>
0: the price. That's the price of a 997, um, 997 GT3 now. is – And there's more online for more than that in, on car sales. There's one for, I think, 320 The one in Brighton Porsche is actually quite a good one for $300, $299. Um, what it's colour only is got it? foot white, 40,000 oh kilometres, 997. Yeah. 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 Well,
1: the interesting thing about the Gen 1 Club Sport is they've made about $350 of them worldwide. And the interesting thing about the Gen 2 RS, they made 650 Wow. So the Gen 1 club sport is yeah. rarer if you want to – if you're getting – I try not to think like that, but the other thing about the Gen 1 is that wasn't sold in America.
0: Yes, exactly. Americans never
1: got it. I think there was something about crash testing or something they weren't prepared to do it. Yeah. They had to, I think they would have to trash two or three cars to do the crash tests. They weren't prepared to do it. So America never got them, but in two years' time, they can import on the 25-year rule. You know, oh, there's right. a lot That's of weird right. things yeah. about these Gen Ones and and I quite like the yeah. Yeah.
0: So what are you what yeah. else are you going to get? Is there anything else you're going to add? Because it's getting worked on now, right? You haven't yeah. really taken it on a super long drive yet, have you? No, you haven't not had not. the opportunity to take it on your
1: No, I got it. I got to go on the peak district just before Manchester and this Francisco cameras, but there was a few parts where I could have a bit of fun and particularly in second gear. And straight away I just thought I love this thing. You just it's a different dynamic and you can yeah. lean on it out of a corner. It just handled things in a different way to the Cayman. The Cayman, the Cayman R can be unsettled by rougher roads. It will do this sort of okay. scuttling thing, yeah. Whereas I noticed on the GT3, because of the weight distribution, you could lean on it out of a corner, even on a rougher surface, and it would still grip. It's a, yeah. I just thought, wow. <laughs> I just thought this thing's.
0: I've asked this question before, Andy, though. Do you think you have to drive the GT3 or the rear engine, the 911, differently to the mid engine Cayman?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I haven't had enough time in it, but I the Cayman R, well, yeah, any Cayman or even Boxster, um, they're incredibly neutral, I guess. Right, um, right. they just incredibly neutral. Yeah, they're, they're incredible cars. Um, and there's probably roads that I will be able, would be able to drive faster in the Cayman R than the GT3 around here, okay. just in terms of my confidence levels. And just um, I'm pretty prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, there'll be, there'll be times that the GT3 won't be the faster car for me.
0: Okay. Because some other people have said to me the braking points are different, you know, between a 911 and, and a mid-engine Cayman or 718 or whatever. It's like you can yeah. brake later in the, in the mid-engine. Yeah,
1: yeah, de- definitely. So, I mean, I, I've definitely done things in the Cayman, uh, some bad driving in corners and I've got away <laughs> with it, right? And I'm, not, not, I'm not a great driver. I'm trying to improve all the time. <laughs> And the, and I probably came an R uh, was making it was flattering me a bit.
0: Andy, you are a great driver. You've got a you've got a nine nine six point one GT three Manti. Well, you are a great all, driver. Don't all the say gear, that. All the gear, <laughs>
1: all the gear, No idea. That's the saying, is
0: it?
1: But basically, um, yeah, it, was, it would let me get away with things. And um, whereas I can already tell the nine nine the GT three, there was a few times the back did a few things of like I'm thinking that's in that's interesting. <laughs> I'm right. thinking, oh, won't do that again, you know. So there's no traction control on those cars. Yeah. Yeah. So APS. how long
0: before you get the car? How long is it going to take before he? Oh, it'll be a month,
1: yeah.
0: I'm the, I am I sort of – For summer.
1: I, I pull it in a bit, yeah. He didn't really want it till the start of June, but because of logistics, I, had, I I sort of said, can I bring it up now rather than flying back, you know, and bring it up. So he's taken it on. I mean, he, it's on their Instagram page a bit already. He loves it.
0: Oh, okay, fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's I mean, the name of the shop?
0: What, do you want to give the shop a shout-out as well or not?
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. Sports – It's, uh, sorry, it's Sport and and Classics Limited.
0: Sport and Classics Limited. Yeah,
1: Mike there, they're good mechanics, yeah. So he he, he sort of turned up, he sort of, yeah, it's a car. He knows it's fairly rare. They look after, there's three Speed Yellows. He looks after one of the other ones. There's one other Speed Yellow in Manti. uh, There's three Speed Yellow ones, Club Sports, two are Manti, and the the other Manti owner um, is in Scotland, um, and... Either I contacted him or he contacted me. We we found each other pretty quickly once I went on Insta. Right. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> how it, it, it happened, but they, they find you pretty
0: quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they want to start connecting, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's actually. And really we've good. gone
0: we've gone way over time okay. and I hope everyone's still listening. But let's it's been a great story. Let's just let's just go on to um because you're you're big on the drives, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you're big on the drives. You just did the Scotland drive. But if someone's coming to yes. Ireland, someone's coming to Northern Ireland,
1: they want yeah, to bring okay. their Porsche. Oh yeah. Where okay. would you
0: recommend? Where would you recommend they they take it out for a spin?
1: Probably one obvious one, and that's if you go just north of uh, Belfast, so you go to a place called Larn, which is on the coast. If you imagine it's on the east coast, you basically start in Larn, and there's a coast road for basically two hours. It brings you right around to um, um, up to the Antrim coast. So you're coming on the east coast, and it loops around to the north coast. And if you get that on a quiet day um it's a great drive it's a great drive um so yeah lan to um dunluce castle would be the 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 start and end point um and for some reason if you're prepared to start at the top end dunluce and come back towards belfast it's always quieter right most people start in belfast so the trick is to start up north and come back the other way but either way the traffic levels are Nothing compared to England.
0: Um, yeah,
1: we've had that road to ourselves sometimes. So yeah, that's that's the obvious one. There's a lot of little inland roads you can go to from there, divert inland. Um, but that would be the obvious one. You, you basically start in inland and drive north. Cool. And you, there's some bends and things there. It's just it's, it's a lovely road. Um, it isn't a patch on the Scottish Highlands, though.
0: I was going to say. I've I was been going there. to say, the, Sco- oh, <laughs> the Scottish drive is what we always we all oh, want to do. We all God. want to do. That, must have, that looked fantastic that you Ten I of us we... went yeah. in the
1: end of April, just after Easter, when it was a dead zone for traffic, and we had this place to ourselves. Yeah. 1,200 miles, and everyone was, was one came in one Boxster, and eight 911s. They were air-cooled. There were no GT cars. It was all pretty evenly matched, and we right. just went for it. Well, when I say went for it, when we had good visibility, you know, and, and, and obviously clear roads. Um and we still, you know, we'll never forget it. We got five dry days as well.
0: Yeah. And fantastic uh, with, thing. The to air do. cool the
1: three air cool guys were just they'll they, were, they were just hammering it. Just,
0: it so that was that was your last hurrah to the cayman then, to the Cayman art.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah, yeah. And the guy that's buying it, um, he's a big car guy and he's always wanted one and, and it's really worked out well because, you know, I'm not greedy on the price. You know, it's a fair price. Yeah. I want it to stay here. He knows it's got 63,000, I'll put 10,000 miles on it in, in, Wow. well, yeah. That's for cool. 18 months, yeah. So, but he, he doesn't, he's not a mileage guy. He doesn't care. He, he knows it's not a big thing. It,
0: it makes sense. It makes sense for you to get rid of it, I mean, to pass it on because you have got the, you know, the, the GT3 and that's going to give you... More than enough, isn't it? It's going to give you more mm. than enough fun.
1: I've only got one garage space.
0: And the garage as well. That's always <clears throat> limits us, doesn't it? The garage. Yeah, Especially always... if you don't want to leave your car out in the weather.
1: I was looking away. I was trying to find lockups and things around here. You'd think they'd be full of them, but it's just not. I've, I've looked and looked and looked because I wanted really? to keep the Cayman R. Uh, yeah, just it's just not there, um, or they're quite expensive. So, but as soon as I had a few hours in the GT3, I just thought, well, I'm not going to – I'd be better off running a Boxster with a GT3. Right. With the comfort seats and stuff, it'd be yep. a different thing. Yeah, you know. That's what I sort of came to inclusion. But as long as the G- Cayman R is going to someone I know. So I'll
0: when be... will it leave your garage? Soon?
1: Oh, about a month. Yeah. He's patient. Soon he's been you... waiting. <laughs> he's been waiting for you your car back. He's been waiting a year and a half. <laughs> he actually bought he told me he bought an MX five in February. All right. Um he wasn't sure if the Cayman R was gonna happen and uh, he still got it, but he's it wow. never picked it up.
0: He must be excited though.
1: Yeah, and I'm really happy for him because he's he, he's a, he's a, he knows how to modify stuff. He really was hardcore 15 years ago. So I don't know where he's going to take it. It <laughs> might be a track rat. I don't know. But
0: right.
1: it's a car that I might want back one day. It's just yeah. a lot of history. So I wouldn't have just sold it on the open market to someone and disappear. Yeah, so yeah. No, it's a good it, it was a hard decision. It was a hard
0: decision. Because
1: it became very special, yeah.
0: The other question I didn't ask you is I'm going to put it in yeah. the title. K400, that's just – what does that mean?
1: Uh, so basically it's um the 400 re- represents a horsepower. Okay. Yeah. So, for some reason, if it was if the Mante mods were done in Mante, Germany, yep, it would say M, it would be M four hundred designation. Okay. But when it's not done in the factory, it's K four hundred.
0: K four hundred. So that's the full so, name, is it? Yeah, Mante Club K400. Mante, K four hundred.
1: Okay. I, I think you'll see a photo of the number plates so I'm getting printed. In Northern Ireland, has a different regio system, so this is the number plate it was k K four hundred. Yeah, it was K four zero space. OMR but over here you can change the spacing to K400 space MR for Manti racing that's a great plate well peanuts they cost nothing
0: that's a a great plate hey before we before we close up what about the grill badge just tell everyone about the grill badge because that that was a really cool looking badge and it was a hard search for you right (laughs) yeah Or Or, or the previous owner wanted one or something wasn't it
1: yeah the previous owner he'd had a search on it for like on ebay and everything for literally for years and um it's Manti Motors, an original badge for when they were Manti Motors. That's cool. And it's basically the shape of a Porsche badge, but it's got the Manti emblem and everything. And I remember looking a few weeks ago, just quickly looking, nothing came up. And I looked the other, literally the other day, Manti bonnet <laughs> badge, and there was one It was used. It was off yeah. a nine six four. I don't know, why I was on a nine six four. Right. Um, you want you want it? You want a big money, so I had to be a bit patient. But I sent it to the, the guy I bought the GT three off. He said. I just don't believe this. He said, I sell the car and literally one turns up that week that I sell it. And I said, and I said, well, should I just buy it? And he said, he was, he said, just buy it. He said, and I talked, the. I negotiated the guy down a bit. So that's here so now. Real. So rare. Yeah, yeah. And it's just lovely the bit of history about. It. So that's, that's yeah. that was, that was a nice find. So it's, I think a bit of, I believe a bit in fate sometimes, you know, the car found me um, yep. at the right time. I could have bought one two years ago, but it wouldn't have been a Manti. It would have yep. been, you know, so maybe the weight,
0: no, you've got you've got something yeah. really, really, really special, and I think all the all the guys that listen to this will realize you have. And I, I, I we really need more time to go further into it. But I, it, it's it's been a great, great, great story, Andy. Hey, before we go, because we're we're at the end, is there anything else you want to share with the uh, with the listeners?
1: Uh, no, no, I just think it's great what you're doing. I, I only picked up about six months ago, and I just on my walks, I'm going listening, and and it's just interesting to, yeah, just to hear. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not relative to the common guy. Yeah. It makes sense. It's all this yeah. stuff. And it's, yeah. It's like you see reviews of people just hanging the back end of a car out around a track. We don't do that. You know, <laughs> no, it's like, you know, it's about know how to you know, do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and even to do it, they have to modify the car. They have to, they have to, they give them a modified car to, to let them do it. So, um, no, just, it's great that the, 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 stories and how people buy cars, I find it intriguing how you actually find a car and the whole yeah. process, process of finding one and not. Yeah, I'm not one to go to a dealer and just pick it off the lot. That's sort of not the way I work. But um, no, no, it's great. And I think the whole Porsche thing, I've, I thought it would be a snobby community, you know, and it's yeah, just it's not weird, like that. Yeah. There's maybe two sides to it, but... It's a childhood um, thing, childhood yeah, thing coming back. Yeah, 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 it's amazing. And no, that's great what you're doing. And um, uh, yeah, no regrets. I think when I, you know, obviously when I did the deal on the car, there's a few weeks where you think before I actually did the full deal, am I doing yeah. the right thing? But then you get in the car and you drive it, and it's like, well, I'm not getting any younger,
0: you know. No, I really, I really like how you've been sharing this with me as well through DMs. You know what I mean? Because it's really interesting, like seeing you the pros, like when you went to see the car, and then when you picked up the car, like that thing where you, I felt kind of sad for the previous owner when the previous owner is waving goodbye to his, you know, to his beloved, his beloved Manti Racing, which you know, reasons he didn't really want to get rid of it, but he decided to. You know, and and just that whole story about it, and it's just his
1: third GT 996, but it's the first yeah. Manti, and basically the cup filter that you see, the BMC cup filter you see, he bought, he found that second hand. so that's a genuine race filter. Is it the BMC cool. one doesn't have cup? Got it. He found that years ago, bought it, yeah. Put it on his mantelpiece for the day he had a Manti himself. <laughs> really? Yes, wow. he
0: told me this. See, that's the stories we like to hear. Yeah, but
1: he's basically probably going for nine nine one GT three because it. It's something him and his wife need to enjoy. They want to do European trips. Oh, right. It's a bit of a,
0: yeah. So he's going to compromise. For
1: and he had a GT2 as well. He's done the 996 wow. thing. Which GT2? 996 GT2.
0: 996 a, GT2. Wow. Yes. Wow. Twitchy. Yes.
1: 45 grand <laughs> he paid. Wow. Back in the day. Okay. Yes. 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 So it's an amazing story. So, yeah, that was one of these things where – um. I I think you talk about buying the seller, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And this is definitely a case of buying. This guy, and again, I was put in touch with him by another person of Piston Heads. It's called Slippy Diff is his name. Anyone on Piston Heads will know who Slippy Diff is. And um, he he was a great person to bounce things off. And basically, um, I think the seller of the GT3 said to him, is this guy serious? And he said he is serious, you know. Um, So once I had the nod... The chats could happen. It's a bit like that,
0: yeah? Yeah. You need and someone I, to, yeah. It's fantastic. And I like what you said to me in one of your messages, and I can't remember the exact words, but, you know, you said you like to keep the Porsche stuff fun. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, all about fun and not being too serious and not worrying. I think you said something about 90s, but like what you said earlier, about not worrying about the mileage, which we yeah. kind of have all become hung up on, a lot of us, you know, and it was never there, you know, when your dad was driving a car, he wasn't worried about how many no, miles yeah. he was going to put on the car.
1: And what it is you with know? the GT3s, everyone talks about these strong bullet. Proof engines and they don't drive them. Yep. I'm just going what, what what's
0: going on here? And and the weakness of Porsche is when you don't drive it. I know from my car. Yes. You know what I mean? Seals, racks, seals. Seal, and yeah. You think rubber. Yeah.
1: Um so this car at the start of my trip in Essex to the end of it it was a different car.
0: Yeah. It was I revving bet. out better, bet.
1: sounded different. Um but I've already priced up an engine rebuild. If I get landed with that right. in four or five years, I mean that's how far I've gone, right? And I'm mm. things wear out and um you know, they they, they cost, they cost. I might known it then, but but um it might end up in some American collection in five years just sitting there rotting. you know, sitting there yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. So not rotting, but I mean sitting but there Andy, not being used. Andy, you, yeah. But
0: Andy, even though you said that's that through the Peaks District, you know, you're taking it to the specialist, you know, that small drive, you've got a feel of it. Wait till you oh, take it on one of your long drives oh, and it really settles in and the and tamps and, and everything is in order. Can you imagine how amazing it's going to be? Yeah, even, this is a
1: car that's got tired suspension. I still loved it. And yeah. just a few bends, I'll never forget these first few bends that I hit the right way. Yeah. And it, just the way the traction works. But the, um, and also when I took it to the Sports and Classics, I said, Mike, Mike's the owner, I said, look, you take that home, drive it. I want, you to, I want you to see what you think about it. Yeah. I'm not going to be, I don't even know what the mileage is when I've left it to you, mate. Yeah. You know, if there's another 100 miles on it, that's the way it is. You know, that's just a good just, way to do
0: it. And then he knows you know, what he can work on it better by, no, by doing that, right? By actually driving it.
1: Yeah. I said, um, it, it's, it's got to be used. You know, said, they're a tough drivetrain. That's yeah. what I learned. Yeah. I didn't fully understand two years ago. They're a really tough, tough drivetrain if they're maintained.
0: Fantastic, Andy. So that's about it must be two hours, is it? <laughs> We're at two hours. <laughs> oh, and I have sorry. to say to the listeners, this, this is the longest Owner Stories since I've been doing Owner Stories and this is number 76. So there you go. But it's a good one. Um, Andy, the thank Irish, you.
1: The Irish has worn off the planning <laughs> stone,
0: I think. Must have kissed it. <laughs> it's when the Aussies get together. Andy, thank you so much. Um, really enjoyed the chat. Thank you so much for coming on Owner Stories today and, and thanks for all those messages and, and let's just keep talking and um, I want to hear more about the car when you get it back and how it all feels and everything.
1: Yeah, the, the the Instagram page is going to be a bit dormant for a month until I get it back, and then it's going to get a bit mental, I'd say, once I get yeah. it back. Well, you've got,
0: you got a few followers on there already. You already you gained them. People are following that car. Yeah, yeah. I've sent oh, it yeah. to Steve. i sent it to Marco. So I hope you'll get a couple of followers there as oh, well. I'm
1: interested going to see how Steve thinks of it, actually, yeah. So yeah. I, I obviously like listening to Steve's stuff on the 997. It's just, um, yeah, the 997, 996 thing, they are quite different cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they are different cars. A track car 997 all day. Yeah, definitely all day. But what Mike at Sports and Classics said, is, he's had his for 11 years. I think I said at the start, actually. But he's basically saying he's seen guys wanting to try to the buy, buy their 996s back. Right. For road use. They're... Because what's happening in the 996 and 997, as the prices go up, they're getting used less on track. So the fun on the road becomes more important. Yeah, yeah. The 996 on the road is still really playful.
0: Yeah, at, at legal
1: speeds, you know. <laughs> Of course.
0: Near, near legal speeds. (laughs) (laughs) Always legal speeds. That's the main thing.
1: Yeah, which is important for me.
0: Yeah. We have to go. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Michael. All right. All right, everyone. Uh, That's Andy coming in from Northern Ireland with his current car, which is very, very special. His 1999, 996.1 GT3 Club Sport Manti K400. And his uh, current car, until he sells it in a few weeks, his uh, 2011 Cayman R. Um, That's about it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Bye for now.